all the latest from American Pinball. It's raining new code. Hallelujah. We're at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Martin Ayer, and I'm the uh, editor of Pinball News, and uh, Jonathan and I are here to discuss all the exciting events that took place in the pinball world through the month of November 2023. And, and what an exciting month it has been. It was. It was uh, very busy. So yes. we won't waste any more time. We, we've got a lot to get through in this particular pincast. But what, uh, here's what you, a, a brief, brief, briefly what you can expect. Yes. We have David Fix from American Pinball talking over an hour with all sorts of <laughs> industry insights that you really don't want to miss out on. And he also debunks a bunch of rumors that have been going around about American Pinball. So it's uh, very interesting. And we learn, learn the exact timeline or no, not, not the order of designers currently scheduled uh, for uh, releasing games with American Pinball. And there's yeah. four of four of them, four games. The heads up on four different games from American Pinball. We give you, we bring that to you exclusively. Yeah, you won't get that anywhere else. And there's a lot of a lot of other very detailed and uh, interesting and uh, behind the scenes information as well from David. But we'll we'll come to that a little bit later when we get to to his interview. Right. But we'll uh, we'll start with the uh, the news from November 2023 with uh, the biggest pinball company in the world at the moment, Stern Pinball, and they have uh, they've had a busy month because yeah. uh, not, not well the- mostly software really. Yeah, um, and it didn't go all too well. Um, uh, some learning curves, I suppose. Um, I said, uh, the biggest news is Stern Pinball finally launched their Inside Connected app, and the system yeah. crashed right away. <laughs> it did uh, within moments. It wasn't just their the the app system; it also crashed their website as well. Right. So I guess yeah. those those are running on the same servers or or related ones. So, and, and they blamed uh, it on too many people logging in at the same time. Uh, it's just too popular. That's the problem. Yeah. 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 That's what you get. All yeah. these people, so, all these connected people, got disconnected. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, hopefully by now it's uh, it's up and running and people are able to uh, log in through the the new apps which are available for iOS and Android. So uh, if you go to your uh, app store, you should be able to download the Insider Connected Stern Pinball app, where you can keep track of all your uh, achievements and uh, manage your account. And I'm sure lots of other things. And uh, get the QR code, of course, uh, if you want to scan that in to uh, to the game before you start playing it. And there's lots yeah. of other interesting stats and, and details you can get there as well. Right. Um, so. I haven't bothered to download it myself yet because I was going to wait to see get a, the box if it's out first. actually worthwhile. <laughs> well, yeah, whether it's worthwhile doing it. And because um, at the moment I can just use the QR code um, from my uh, digital wallet as just a standard payment method right so uh, if it proves to be suitably uh, useful and uh, powerful then i'm sure it will find its way onto my phone as well as uh, lots of other people's as well right okay but we look forward to, to trying it out ourselves but yeah. um talking about inside connected it's Ooh. been a 
Nice bridge. Very busy time. Thank you. A very busy time for Stern in promoting that system because uh, throughout this month we're in at the moment, month of December. I know we're looking back at the month of November, but this was announced in November. Through December, there will be a whole bunch of special achievement quests available on three games. They will be uh, Godzilla, uh, there'll be Venom, and uh, 007 James Bond, uh, where there'll be uh, 29 new badges you can collect if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, if you're not, and don't give uh, monkeys, then... Uh, or a barrel of monkeys, then um, you're probably not that interested in it. But uh, I know there are plenty of people out there who want to try and collect all these things. So there are there are special quests on Godzilla, Venom, and James Bond if you want to uh, be a completist and get all those new badges. Yeah, I thought there were also new badges for Foo Fighters coming up. Oh, well, there's always new new badges for uh, for games which are still in development with with the software. But uh, um, well, I suppose Venom is as well. But these, this is a special December only. Ooh, um, so special! Yeah. You can't play, you can, you can't enter the new year if you don't collect all twenty nine of them. Well, we know once uh, once a company says that uh, it's a special limited time availability that they won't go out and bring out whole uh, do repeat that exercise again. Uh, but moving on to another story. Um, yeah. Um, oh, speaking Stern, of really running. <laughs> yes, exactly. Stern have uh, been doing a, a final run, another final run of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Uh, which is supposed to, uh, there was supposed to be a final run last October. Which either was delayed or the game was so popular they needed an extension. Yeah, well, uh, either way, uh, last year's final run has been repeated this year with another final run um, 14 months later. So, uh, and they are also rerunning the topper for Black Knight Sword of Rage, which... Uh, is probably one of the one of the more impressive ones with the talking black knight on it and the and the flame the effect heads, behind yeah, it. The moving yeah. Head. yeah yeah and uh, nice, if, uh, if, if, if i recall correctly if i recall correctly uh, originally that topper was priced uh, around the 500 dollar mark and wow, right, what a bargain yeah uh, at that time yes <laughs> and uh, since then heavily thought uh, thought thought after Mm. Um, and if you want to buy a new one now, uh, you're ha- going to have to cough up fourteen ninety nine. Wow! Okay, so so a thousand dollars markup. So that's that's, that's top inflation for you. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but it's a very cool looking topper, and um, uh, yeah, yeah. If you're looking for one now, you can get one. So um, there was a rumor going around that Stern was going to take the game back into production. I don't see that happening with it being a Steve Ritchie design. And uh, seriously, is I've seen Stern ditch everything Steve Ritchie related uh, in terms of flyers and what have you. So I don't see that happening. Uh, mm, yeah, but uh, you know, false rumor. Uh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, apart from that, they've also been busy at Stern uh, producing a new video tour of their new factory. For those of you who couldn't go to the factory tour at Pinball Expo and see the place for yourself, you can now go uh, onto the Stern website and onto their YouTube channel where Brian Eddy will be showing you uh, his Venom design on the line. Yeah, Yeah. no one other. Yeah, In fact, him. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. showing, showing how Venom is produced uh, in the new factory and all the different stages that they go through uh, to, in order to create it from uh, from the uh, blank play field up to a completely finished, tested and boxed game. Right. So yeah. if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen that already, I recommend watching it. It's uh, even if you have seen uh, looks around the factory before, I think that one's worth doing. Especially since it's the first uh, factory tour in Stern's new facility, so mm. you can see how massive it is. Yep, and talking about um, uh, appearances uh, in videos, um, Jack Zach Sharp, uh, Stern's uh, director of marketing. He appeared as a guest on the uh, podcast or vodcast called I, I Don't Know About That with Jim Jeffries, uh, episode number 172. Um, it's a sort of a fairly adult content with uh, quite a bit of profanity in it, but uh, it's good to see him profanity there talking about... Profanity from Zach Sharp? No, not from him, no, but from, uh, from the hosts. And uh, he he's just one of the guests on that show. There is uh, there are others as well, and it's uh, you know it's uh, it's kind of a uh, it's that kind of uh, content, I suppose. I won't go into it too much, but uh, oh, no, I, I definitely I, have to check it out. Yeah, well, I found it a bit. I don't know, not Zach, Zach's bit, but the the rest of it. Uh, this sort of intro, I found it a bit cringeworthy. Um, sort of over trying, trying a bit too hard to uh, to be entertaining and funny but uh, uh yeah well zach uh, appears multiple times throughout it as do unfortunately some some commercial sponsorship er- uh, sections which seem to drag on for a long long time uh, i would say probably about 20 percent of it is uh, is is commercials but um the re- the the pinball bit is is interesting and uh, definitely worth watching so that's uh, if you search for something called i don't know about that with Jim Jeffries, uh, then you want episode one seven two, and you can uh, see Zach for yourself. Right. So now, speaking of uh, appearances, mm-hmm. um, Seth Davis, the uh, president of Stern Pinball, did an interview with Siliconera, which is a, a website um, in which uh, he talks about uh, the new factory uh, where Stern just went uh, or moved. Um, He talks about uh, game development and so on. Um, I got the feeling, um, and the link to the interview will be in the uh, Pinball Magazine newsletter that will go out in a few days. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're interested in reading that, keep an eye out uh, for that newsletter or subscribe if you're not subscribed yet. Um, I found it a bit of an interview with questions asked by someone who's not very familiar with Pinball. And uh, Seth answering to his best capabilities, but it's kind of odd to me to ask like design-type questions to the president of a company about a game that was developed when he wasn't even there. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, well, the, it's, uh, the, the um, outlet is called Silicon Era, and I assume that was going to be about um, IT and uh, the, the technology behind Pinball, but it's pretty sort of um, brief, an overview of, of how Stern's IT system is in is has developed and it's going to work in, into the future. So I don't think you learn an awful lot from it. It's no, not that it's, insightful. It's not that in depth as you were probably used from Pinball uh, News or Pinball Magazine. Um, not to plug ourselves, but it's it's very fairly basic. Um, there is uh, one thing mentioned uh, which apparently got. 
uh, some people interpret it as um, Stern opening an arcade in their factory for people uh, going uh, on a factory tour. Well, they're looking into mm-hmm. organizing factory tours um, more uh, regularly for groups and, yeah. and, and so on. Yeah, maybe more organized rather than just people turning up individually. Yes, they're they're looking to organize that a little bit better, but uh, CERN is not opening up an arcade arcade like you might think. It's not like Logan's Arcade or or, uh, a barcade or anything like that. No, CERN always have had, or for at least the last decade, they've Mm. had uh, what they call the arcade, which is basically uh, um, their latest titles, and we're talking about maybe... 15, 20 games, all different titles uh, that they produced over the past couple of years, uh, lined up in the factory where visitors um, who have to wait for somebody to to get a tour can play a game. Um, But it's not like you're going there like, oh, I'm going to spend all day playing at CERN Pinball. No, it's not like that. No, of course, they always used to say they they get their their staff to to play every every day. 15 minutes of pinball and and just goes on. No, nobody believes that. Yeah. Okay, talk about things that nobody believes. Yeah. According to Canada, someone at IAPA had loose lips and slipped at CERN apparently has the license for the band Journey. Now, don't stop believing... I tried to make a, a, very good. Very yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, not sure whether there's uh, any truth to that. Personally, I'm not sure whether that would work in Europe. Um, aside from a couple of hits from very long ago, I don't think it's a very mm. active band. Um, but um, mm-hmm. to me, it's like the same category as uh, as Rush. Um, yeah, well, I, I would argue that I'd say Rush are a lot more current um or were until the, the death of uh, their drummer um so i think they've been bringing out lots of sort of fairly high profile albums over the past couple of decades whereas i, I i'm not aware that um the journey have, have brought anything out at all i'm sure they have but um it's it's not been on my radar in the same way that uh, that rush was right okay Still. so anyway so if they have that um good luck with it um, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, good luck I'm, with I'm, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also have Motley Crew, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, and that's just a rumor, so don't quote me on that as a fact. Uh, it's just what I've been hear- hearing. Um, Any more rumors? Any more rumors to yeah, report? yeah, yeah. Keith Elwin is uh, next up as uh, the designer for the next Cornerstone game, which is heavily rumored to be Jaws. And uh, <sighs> yeah, again, I know. <laughs> yeah. So um, um, and again, uh, Canada has been dropping all sorts of uh, hints on what that game is going to look like. Um, um, the game is supposed to be announced early January or maybe even late December, which would not be unusual for Stern uh, because they tend to have a new Cornerstone game uh, mm. uh, at, I think it's CES. Yes, that's early right. January, January. And, and then yeah. EAG Expo in London as well. So, yeah, um, about a week afterwards. Yeah. yeah, and I think 
um, don't remember what the last game was that they uh, announced for January or or the, the the first game of the year, uh, but I think last year that was announced right after Christmas. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so it would not be unusual to, for them to repeat that. So um, uh, keep an eye out. Well, as soon as they announce something, or uh, you'll probably read everywhere about it uh pinball media wise that is of course yeah well it always used to be as you say the uh, sort of end of december and then the next game would come out uh start of april and yeah. generally about a week after the texas or a few days after the texas pinball festival yeah yeah so anyway so um stern was also very heavy on code updates in uh, uh november uh, 22 different games got code updates. Martin, can you tell us all about it, please? Yes. Well, I want to do all about it because that would be a four-hour pincast. We don't want to do that. But there was a, a big batch of updates for Thanksgiving. Mostly, um, mostly they were updating very, to us, minor things, such as uh, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark pricing schemes. Um, and adding verified location check marks to location games and a few other tweaks. But yeah, I did them all for Monsters, Aerosmith, Guardians, basically every single Spike 2 game, with the exception, curiously, of uh, James Bond's 60th anniversary. Now, there were, tied in with, with some of those updates were other features that have been added. So Stranger Things, Foo Fighters, Elvira's, House of Horrors, Rush, Venom, James Bond 007, not 60th anniversary, all got extra features as well, as did Black Knight, Sword of Rage, I actually got a, a little tweak to, to fix a, a bug, and Batman 66 also got a, a little tweak to, to fix a reset issue that could occur with some games. Um, James Bond 007, 60th anniversary, didn't get, as I say, didn't get all the same updates as the other ones, but uh, did get quite uh, quite a few tweaks to the gameplay rules and behaviours and some extra bug fixes as well. So, really should have had, by, at least by the, I guess about the 14th or so of October, uh, sorry, November, you should have uh, got updates for basically every game if you uh, have a, a Spike 2 game. That's only the ones with the, uh, the colour LCD displays. And if you're wondering, what the hell is a Spike 2 game? Basically, yeah. those are the games with an LCD monitor in the back box. So yeah. starting with Aerosmith and, and onward. No, sorry, starting with Batman, 60, uh, uh, Batman 66. That was oh, the yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah going all, all of those. Um, it does seem, um, I've harked on about this a few times, it seems a bit a bit daft the way they've set the software up, that they want to change one or two little minor things like uh, like pricing schemes for Scandinavian countries. They have to issue 22 different updates, to one for each game, whereas they should just have a, a modular approach to the software where that's just one file which every game gets, and then they wouldn't have to do, do it separately for every single yeah. game. Yeah. Hopefully, in their in their next system, Spike Three or whatever they end up with, they'll have come up with a, a better way of updating the games. Because at the moment, every time they make a change, every single game has to get software updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about this in the past. Okay, moving yeah. on. Jersey Jack Pinball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, just just um, uh, uh, the block across the street, so to say. Oh no, that's no longer the case. Sorry, but uh, yeah. still the same same city. Um, yeah, not far away. Yeah. So. Um, 
well, they were at um, had the European premiere, I guess, of the Elton John game, which was at the uh, Dutch Pinball Open Expo in Veldhoven. Yes. Uh, there was a, uh, a premium version of the game, which was uh, air freighted over thanks to uh, Pinball Pleasure's Christoph Lienard. Yes, and uh, thanks to Christoph Lienard as well for uh, collecting uh, Jersey Jack Pinball prizes for us um, that were sent to his address. Uh, that we uh, uh, basically were prizes for our So You Think You Know pinball quiz that we did at the Dutch. Uh, Pinball Open Expo uh, um, a couple of weeks ago, which was a yeah. very big success. In fact, we had to do two quizzes because we had so many prizes to give away. Um, we ran out of time the first time. Yeah, so, so big uh, big thanks to uh, Ken Cromwell and everybody at uh, Jersey Jet Pinball for sending over a, a, a fantastic selection of posters, uh, banners, and uh, various other prizes for us uh, for that quiz. Yes. So uh, now, in the meantime, um, November is Ayapa month. Ayapa, mm-hmm. Florida, it is, or uh, Orlando. And uh, J- Jersey Jack Pimble was present. Uh, so was Stern Pimble, by the way. Uh, but Jersey Jack was present with. Uh, so is American Pimble, right? Yeah. All oh, right. We get to that in a bit. Um, two Elton John games, three times The Godfather, two times Toy Story 4. And one Guns N' Roses game. At yeah. And, and Jack Warnieri was present as well. Of course, yeah. I'm trying to think who else was there that was saw. I don't, don't, don't think Steve was there to uh, promote no, um, his no. game. He, he, was, he was busy elsewhere. Yeah, so um don't think Steve is that mobile at the moment. Uh, for medical reasons, but uh, we won't get into that because that's a private matter. But um, they have, Jersey Jet Pinball have become, begun shipping Elton John pinball machines to distributors, um, but mainly to be used as showroom games to help drive sales of the titles rather than to go out and be operated. Well, if, if one game needs to be played in order to give it a fair judgment, it, it is this Elton John game. I think we mm. uh, concluded that at Pinball Expo already, and I think many people would agree after playing it at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo. Yes, it was. Uh, I think it's fair to say it was the most popular game of of the show there, with long lines to play throughout. Uh, was for, we were both fortunate, I think. To well, I was certainly fortunate enough to get on there early um, before the before the doors opened. Well, I and was get to fortunate play. enough to get in line and have to wait like thirty <laughs> minutes. Did you? Oh, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh well, that's what you get for turning up late. Um, but um, it was yeah. uh, it's it playing very nicely. I, know, I didn't see any problems with it over the over the entire course of the show, and uh, it was it was played throughout um, from the first thing in the morning to the last thing at night. Yes. So uh, it did it did well and uh, was was very popular. I think everybody played it really enjoyed it. Yeah. So now getting back to uh, distributors getting showroom games, um, one of the first. To get one was, and this is not not really a surprise, I suppose. Great American Pinball, which is like twenty minutes from the Jersey Jack Pinball <coughs> factory, so they could probably pick it up locally and uh, and 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 put it in there. Um, we actually been there, and um, uh, there's pictures on the uh, Pinball Magazine website in the uh, Pinball Expo report. Um, of our visit to Great American Pinball, if you're interested in that, so check yeah, out yeah, I think think Mike uh, and his team there were were holding a, a party at their event. I saw all kinds of things. They had a like, pinball in a snow globe 
which is a pinball machine inside a big inflatable ball with uh, lots of uh, balloons and uh, inflatables floating around inside. So it's like <laughs> playing it, playing it inside a, a snow globe, which uh, seems like a fun thing to do. Yeah, um, but that was part of their uh, their recent uh, party there. Yeah, so now Jack Ranieri, um, always happy to promote uh, the new game and the company, of course, attended uh, uh, Mikey's pinball party and tournament in Connecticut dressed in his Elton John costume. Yep, yep, he was there and. Uh I think Mikey was all was dressed up as uh, the bad guy from uh, um, The Godfather as well. Oh, okay. uh, well, one of the one of the uh, well, the, the gun toting bad guys that you that you shoot in the game with the ball. Um, so it was, uh, it was a JJP themed event, which looked very good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Jack's also been busy uh, doing an interview with, uh, with the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. Yes. Uh, now, in there, he mentioned there was a, a slight uh, delay in the production of Elton John games, so it may not be in on the line or might not be in full production yet. Um, but he also indicated they're not looking to take older titles back into production, as he prefers to look forward. So, with that, um, given that all their titles are licensed. That may mean that they haven't renewed the license on some of their older games, or that uh, they just um, they they've made all the ones they wanted want to make of those, and um, aren't going to bring out any either reruns or any new limited edition runs. Of yeah, them. or vault games or whatever. You. So if you're looking for a pirate, then keep looking because <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. going to come off the line anytime soon or anytime at all. No, it doesn't sound like it. But yeah. uh, never say never, as I always say. Yeah, okay. So moving on to, uh, well, uh, I suppose uh, uh, one of the big hits at Pinball Expo, Barrels of Fun from uh, yes. Tex uh, Houston, Texas. And um, uh, much to the surprise of many, um, uh, Labyrinth already made its European debut uh, again at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo, thanks to uh, Barry Driesen from Dutch Pinball, who bought one at Pinball Expo and had it flown in and was kind enough to bring it to the show so people could um, experience the uh, the game for themselves. And again here, also a long line of people waiting to play the game and was very well received. Yes, including yourself in that line, of course. Uh, I saw you play that. I, I didn't get to play it at, at the show. Uh, at least not at the uh, Dutch Pinball Open Expo, having played it um, at Pinball Expo in Chicago. Yeah. But, uh, yes, it's, it, again, seemed very popular, never saw any issues with it either. And uh, the game was also uh, exhibited um, quite heavily in probably about the same kind of size of, of display they had at Chicago Pinball Expo was at the, the Houston uh, Arcade and Pinball Expo. Uh, which was not surprisingly in Houston, in Texas, and Texas, of course, being the, the home state for uh, Barrels of Fun. Right. So um, it makes sense as being their, their local show, I think. And uh, again, that that went down very well. And I think they seem to seem to have a very very good reception wherever they go with their games, and uh, seem to have built up a good reputation. I yeah. think for for a brand new company, mm -hmm. uh, they 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 seem to have a lot of goodwill behind them, which is nice to see. Yeah. So and um, um, well, uh, uh, smart as they are at uh, Barrels of Fun, they understand that it's very important that people 
uh, that the public gets to play the game in order to understand how much fun it is. Um, and uh, they have been uh, uh, distributing games to, uh, to, to a, a quite a number of uh, locations right now. Um, I think we're up to eight that I have listed here. Um, I'll just mention them briefly. The I.O. Arcade Bar in St. Madison, Wisconsin. Lumberjack Johnny's in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, 61 Pin Bar in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Kickback mm-hmm. Pinball Cafe in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Coin Slot in Traverse City, Michigan. Wormhole Pinball, which is in uh, Houston, Texas. Always nice people there. Uh, the, uh, we've seen them at the Texas uh, Pinball Show every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joysticks, Classics and Games and Pinballs in, uh, again, Houston, Texas. And the latest one to add to that list is uh, Pinball Long Island, which I think is in New York. Okay. So uh, you're getting the game out there. Yeah. Um, it, interestingly, um, on Cointaker, who are a, a distributor, of course, of Barrels of Fun, uh, on their website, it uh, it says... Well, it now says that production on the game won't begin until April 2024. Well, it's always nice to create a little appetite, I suppose, with uh, uh, some, some some games on location first. Yeah, yeah, get them on location. And also put out uh, a, a video as well, which they have done, uh, about the, the making of the Labyrinth Pinball, um, showing the development uh, of the art and the sculpts in the game. Yeah, That's on very- YouTube. Yeah, very interesting one. Again, you will find the link in the uh, Pimble Magazine newsletter that will go out probably later this week. So, else early next week. And um, that that rhymes it up for um, uh, Barrels of Fun right now. Yeah, they they weren't at uh, IAPA, but as we mentioned earlier, um, American Pimble were. They had um, a big stand there, and... uh, but also Galactic Tank Force made its European debut, I think it's a European debut, at the at the aforementioned Dutch Pinball Open Expo, yeah. where Pinball Universe had it on their stand, where they had a little display of American games, American pinball games, I should say. They had, um, had uh, the Galactic Tank Force, they had the, the folded-down model, which is, I think, it's just a, a cabinet of it, where it's into the tank shape with all the um, LEDs on the on the tank tracks animating. Uh, they also had Legends of Valhalla and Hot Wheels there on a little island of American pinball games. Yeah. So, so it was good to see that there, and that again got got a, a lot of people interested in, in playing the game. Yeah, and also, the lines. they also printed their own flyers for the games. They do, yes. And they're doing that for all the games, I think, aren't they? Uh, apparently, yes. I had no idea until I saw the flyers for uh, Galactic Tank Force. And I think Legend of Ohana, I think they, they brought two. Um, mm. so, um, um, and these are, these are A4 your, flyers. Yes. So all your flyer collectors, so here's something else to do to, to collect. Um, and but, they're, they're not, they aren't alone in doing that. There are, there are several, um, oh, yeah, several yeah, other yeah. Uh, reprints of, of uh, flyers around now in, in A4 format from uh, RS Pinball in Austria and also, of course, the, the Dutch Pinball Association, the NFB, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are, are, have reprinted quite a few uh, in the past as well with their branding on them. Yeah, but, okay, we're drifting off from American hmm. Pinball. Sorry. We were. Uh, yeah, no, you're so, quite right. We have lots um, to cover. So. Uh, they 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 uh, did post a uh, or release a uh, uh, promotional video for the um, 
uh, Galactic Tank Force Signature Edition, which I thought personally was uh, rather late since uh, the game was announced uh, in, in March already and I mm. thought it was sold out. But in our interview with David Fix, uh, which we'll get to shortly, um, that is addressed as well and uh, he explains uh, the reasoning behind that. Um, there but are the, quite a few. The, 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 there are quite a few differences with this. Uh, yes, Galactic Tank Force Signature Edition, which is limited to two hundred units, um, and uh, some of these differences are uh, painted Glowtech toys that shift colors with the playfield lightning, radiant rubber reactive bands, which basically glow in the dark. Uh, rubber mm. bands. Retro green powder coated metal, retro sci-fi diamond coated playfield artwork. Which not basically, retro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so so basically you have a clear coat on your playfield. Um, a three D dimension lenticular backlight, so that that was already yeah. a given. And the game mm-hmm. co- also comes with glowing uh, with powder coated armor, a pint glass, uh, a lunchbox, a banner. Uh, and two posters, so mm. uh, lots of yes, goodies indeed to, to to come with um, uh, with with the game, um, which is uh, still available in a very limited quantity. I would say uh, the posters are the same that were distributed at Pinball Expo a couple of uh, weeks ago. Okay, and which we gave away, I guess. Yes, in our, our, in our quiz. Uh, yes, in our quiz, indeed. So, yep. um, American people also had a Black Friday discount in their web shop, um, f- uh, offering four hundred dollars off Legend of Valhalla Limited Edition, mm. and uh, there was some commentary on that game was. Uh, sold out, and so how could that be? Uh, also, that is addressed in the upcoming interview with David Fix shortly. So, four hundred dollars off the limited edition of Legends of Valhalla, and um, we will explain exactly how that um, was possible and how it's uh, how you can uh, how you can uh, benefit from that discount. Well, I can tell you right now, the sale has been extended. It has. You'll find yes. out exactly how long and find out a lot more about that and an awful lot more about what's happening at American Pinball. Uh, let's speak now with the uh, executive vice president of the company, uh, David Fix, who joins us now. Welcome, David. Thank you, guys. It's great to be here with you, as always. So, uh, a busy uh, thank time. Thank you for coming you. on. Yeah, sorry. No problem. Thank you. Yes, it's been a busy time. I actually was at IEPA Europe in September. Flew back, did yeah. Expo, then IEPA, Orlando, and now here. So, <laughs> racking right. up the... Well, saving game. the best for last, so uh, yeah. thank you for that. No problem. Now, one so, of the uh, one of the things we we spotted and and w- w- when we were there, and uh, which uh, I think we've referred to in the past, is your your target for the year end to to build a total of three hundred machines within the last three months of the year. Uh, I think that's correct, is it? Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of miscon- mis- misconceptions about that 300. So, yeah. okay. um, so, so, so Jonathan's so, going to ask me all about those questions. You know, mis- well, <laughs> let, let's eliminate a couple of rumors. So, okay, because sure. you had, you had the, for, for those who haven't seen, uh, he's, haven't seen it, 
um, there is a, a red signage or a, a print, red print, uh, all over the factory using the 300 logo from the movie 300. Um, but it has nothing to do with th- the movie 300 being one of your upcoming licensed themes. Correct. Right. It's, a, okay, it's so an internal uh, target, shall we say, to, to complete 300 machines with by the end of the year. It's, it's said by December 2023, but it means by the end of December 2023. Correct. But uh, obviously, you you have a lot of you have a lot of um, or have had, and will continue to have a number of things which will um, interrupt uh, the production. Things like IAPA, like Expo, like uh, Thanksgiving, thanks uh, and Christmas and New Year and all that kind of stuff. So, how's that target looking at this stage? Very good, very good. We we should hit it with no problem. Um, understand. We also put that out, Jonathan, right in October. Uh, of course, you had Halloween then for the factory, so we kind of kept it Halloween themed. You know, just because we, you know, put a sign on the wall doesn't mean that it's like, you know, the end of the world. The idea of the 300 was just to, you know, at the end of December, when we hit the date, which we, right now we are currently right on target with this, uh, we should be the largest amount of games that this company has ever made in its history. And 300 put it past. In, in one year? In one year, that is correct. Okay, so uh, another rumor up in the air is if you don't make the target, it would be the end of American Pinball. Is that, that is, correct? No, that's a vicious rumor. Uh, n- nowhere would a company that has hit the number that we've hit this year with all the games that we made would ever close. Okay, so we're doing very well. Uh, sales have been stellar, and uh, we, we're just continuing to move our product. So we're doing well. Okay. So and this 300, we're talking about um, two different games, uh, Houdini and Galactic Tank Force, uh, Galactic Tank Force in various versions, editions. Correct. Correct. And in that, in that uh, number was the Galactic Tank Force Signature Edition, which was 200. So as a company, we, we wanted to be done with it already, right? But we wanted to make sure that anybody who is ordering their Galactic Tank Force Signature would have it by Christmas of this year, at the, at the least, right? So the company is right there. We're going to hit the 200 mark on that, and everybody who ordered their Galactic Tank Force Signatures We'll have them before Christmas. Uh, they have this. They have to reach out to their distributor, and they can get that taken care of right, pretty quickly. Okay. So, uh, is that also internationally, or are you talking about the U.S. market? Uh, well, it, it depends on the distributor, right? Um, in fact, uh, signatures are getting put into a container this week for Germany. Um, there's talk about um, Australia getting a container shortly. So, you know, we, uh, the factory is producing the games. We're, we're loading them up. We're trying to get them out as fast as possible. So we are definitely moving product. Um, I think there's also a couple distributors who may fly uh, a signature over uh, for their customers because they're trying to make sure they make time frames. Okay. Um, as we're discussing rumors about, uh, well, American pinball, but also pinball in general, um, and, well, you just mentioned there's a, a signature edition of Galactic Tank Force. There's also the limited one, and there's a standard one, and... Um, 
basically where I'm hinting at, don't you think the market is a little bit flooded with too many versions of the same game? Well, yeah, I kind of, I would kind of agree with that, especially if the manufacturers keep coming back and making another version of a limited version. Uh, so I'm not, I don't really buy into that. So this is Dave Fix, the collector, not Dave Fix, American Pinball. Um, you know, what is limited, right? I mean, you know, oh, this is a limited foil edition. Oh, this is the other limited foil edition. I mean, it's like, it gets kind of crazy, right? Yeah, so, okay, but, and, but, but we've seen uh, games by other companies where the non-limited one was is actually turns out to be more limited because less units were produced and everybody got the collector's edition or the limited edition or whatever you want to call it, um, making the standard edition more rare, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 standard edition where it only was like a hundred made, right? Um, no, so for the for us as a manufacturer, we're looking at listen. We stick to our numbers. When it's limited, it's done. We we move on now. If there if some people have canceled their orders, um, or so or so, we'll allow people to buy that limited version, right? So okay. there's still openings. We'll probably get to that uh, later on as well. But speaking of limited or, or different versions, I mean, okay, so there's four different versions of Galactic Tank Force. Would you be interested in a fifth one? <laughs> what, what, the vanilla version or the uh, a raspberry uh, sorbet version? Well, I would say <laughs> ice cream version, and then you can do all the different trims with flavors and what have you. So. No, 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 no. See, the, the, you know, in my world, it, 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 as a collector, right? As a collector, I've collected some games, and I know they're rare. And, um, you know, because there wasn't that many made of them, right? So in this case, the signature edition of Galactic Tank Force is limited to 200. I'm not coming out with a super secret two scoops version or a double, double secret probation, you know, Galactic Tank Force. For, no, no. The signature version is the high end. When it's gone, it is gone, and and then we're going on to the next game, um, and we can talk about those a little bit too. But, 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 but before we do that, just a reminder: how, how many different versions of Galactic Tank Force are you actually going to produce? Because I thought you were you were initially coming out with three, but you and you produced the fourth if there was demand or a. Um, I, I, he thought the market was there for that. Is, is that correct, or am I misremembering yes. that? Yes. So okay. we did come out with a limited, right? Well, it was a limited yeah. and a signature, the two top yeah. tier. And we did the deluxe, which is basically the limited in a deluxe cabinet, different art package on the cabinet, right? So it's just just a little different. It's a little bit more geared for the coin-op market, right? Uh, judging on that uh, market depends on if we come out with a, a classic edition, but right now, nothing on the paperwork, nothing uh, talking about that yet. So okay. we're just kind of like focusing right now on the limited and the signatures for everybody. Okay. So. Um, I understood there's a couple of uh, optical differences with the signature edition compared to the limited. Uh, would you like to elaborate on that? Sure, sure. Yeah, the the signature, of course, comes with the lenticular 3D back glass. Okay, which is probably mm -hmm. the 
uh, I don't know. It was a first in the industry for us here. Uh, no other companies done an actual printed glass. I think there was a translite that had a lenticular yep. thing on it. Yep. Um, but this is an actual. Go ahead. I think of Dr. Dude was there and an yep. avatar also with 3D translite. Yes. Yes, a 3D. But this is a, a lenticular style. So this is done with 108 layers. Uh, Chris Franchi had done 108 layers. So wow. it gives the illusion of almost two to three feet back, right? So when you're looking at it, it, it it's just stunning to see it. And when it's backlit, it's just gorgeous, right? So yeah. we played with that. Um, there are two manufacturers in the world that make lenticular back glasses. Uh, one of them, unfortunately, passed away earlier uh, last year, and his family has been currently fighting about who's going to have the process of the lenticular, and the other company, the company we ended up going with, they're the ones that are able to print us this lenticular back glass. Right. Okay. So. But any, any changes on the play field? So the play field, interesting enough, um, we played around a little bit with it. Uh, we noticed that the the blue lights, uh, when we when we're getting into the blue lights of the game, that the um, the uh, it kind of gave us a really high def glow in the dark. Mm. Yeah, it's quite sort of fluorescent almost, wasn't it? Fluorescent, correct. So what we did was we we changed it to uh, glow in the dark. Um, uh, rubbers, and then we went out and painted all the toys in a special uh, high vis color. So when it's a normal play, it looks fine. But when you mm -hmm. turn on the blue lights and we go into the multi ball, all the toys start to pop and like start falling. Sort of fluorescent uh, type of uh, effect. Kind of like. Uh, black light. It's like UV, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's UV. Right. yeah. It gives yeah. it a, such a beautiful look when you're playing the game, especially in any dark room, any dark arcade. You have that and you're just wanting to play this game. You're going to sit there and you're going to put it in the, the signature. You're going to turn it on and it's just going to go. It's just going to glow, right? And it, when you see it, you're just going to be like floored. Now, we do have a couple streamers who are getting the game, the signatures, pretty soon. So they'll be streaming the game for everybody to see. And uh, when people start seeing it, they're going to be blown away with what we did with this. Um, we also uh, tricked out the uh, the sources as well i see yeah yeah, yeah. the spaceships also, spaceships uh the 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 robot inside mm -hmm. we also oh, uh, yeah. treated the po uh, powder coat differently it's not just a standard gray it's got a, a high-end green um it's that kind of teal that feels for the game it blends in oh, very yeah. nice with the game mm -hmm. Um, we, you know, we, we went a little bit on the high end with stuff to make the game feel really cool. Then it's also signed and hand numbered on the bottom of the arch with a special hologram on the arch so that those are right there. And in fact, behind me is where the holograms and the signatures have been locked in my, in my office until we're ready to put them out. So every five, 50, I release 50 to the four, they put them on there and they put them on the five, 50 games. So, and the same thing with the lenticular back glasses, uh, any of them that have any problems, they come in locked in my office, they get sent back to the manufacturer. So 
there's only the 200 glasses that were made. So it's kind of it's kind of cool that we kind of you know control this as a really a collector's piece. And then we we give you the posters, um, which we we had the posters at Expo. Uh, Jonathan, you remember you grabbed yourself what was it a couple hundred posters? I can't remember how. Many. <laughs> I got I got two for my uh, <laughs> personal collection, and um, uh, I think we gave away uh, two I'm, sets I'm of two two sets of, of of two at the um, uh, the so you think you know pinball quiz that Martin and I do at the Dutch Pinball Open, and, and, yeah. and the set of exclusive flyers that were only available at Pinball Expo for each actor that uh, performed in the game. So. Um, thank you for for letting me take those, and I did not take hundreds. I wish I could. <laughs> I was I, hand luggage I, only. I you, Jonathan. I'm teasing. You. I'll be back, and I'll come get them. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but, 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 know, but talking about Expo for a minute. I mean, that was huge, right? We had all the actors there uh, in full uh, costume. Uh, we right. had them walk in with yeah. the robotic tank. Right, and uh, they were there signing the autographs of the individual autographs of all the of their special flyers. So those are very special flyers. They only go to the actors; can't get them anywhere else. So if you see an actor at one of the shows and they have it, you can get it from them. Um, but they, you know, it's kind of a collector's piece. You know, it's it's very cool to have that uh, available. You know, and and it was great for, you know, listen, the there were kids that just, you know, little girls who look up to Captain Cayenne, and she's, can we play pinball together? And she's there playing pinball with them, <laughs> you know. So it, it's really cool. That really right. sounds like it's a a, a unique event. Uh, do you think you'd ever be able to, um, you know, get the band back together again and, and recreate that? I would love to try, but, you know, it, it was very tough because you have actors and actresses that are in different areas of the country, and we flew them in, you know, VIP status, you know, we took them out to dinner, we made sure they had a fun time, and just for them to kind of embrace this. Uh, we would love to do it for other shows. Uh, show organizers, reach out to me if you want to do it for your shows. I can see. You know, I can't promise the world, but we could definitely, you know, make it kind of unique for your shows. Uh, it was very cool for Expo because people were able to walk in and we, we, we pulled no stops. Right. I mean, you saw the booth at Expo. That was a it was a 50 by uh, 40 by 40 booth with the giant cows being yeah. abducted and the big giant screen showing all the clips and, you know, it was definitely a, a galactic tank force loving. Yeah. So now speaking of the game, um, uh, very recently last month, um, you released this, uh, a, a promo video for the, uh, the signature edition. And I was like, I thought those sold out at Texas people festival in March already. So why do a promo now? Well, they didn't sell out at, at, at Texas. We, we we had a good number of those sold, right? We had because the game a, is limited to two hundred. Correct. And we had, a, I think it was like one sixty sold. So there were some openings of like forty games, but we knew that as soon as we start, you know, advertising that this thing is limited, right? 
that we'd start getting phone calls, right? So, and they have. The phone is started ringing quite heavily. And, uh, you know, people are trying not to miss out because, you know, listen, I'm a collector, right? I said that before. And if I'm going to collect something, this is this is something that's in my collection. Uh, Dennis has it in his collection, Paul Reno. Um, the one for Chris Franchi left today. Okay, so Chris is getting his. So there are there are the the team that actually have the limited games, uh, the signature games, because that is the the, the top of the line. Okay. okay. So um, now you, you you briefly mentioned Expo. Um, now that you're so involved in American Pinball, do you still have time to do all your Expo duties that you used to do? It, it, it's kind of crazy, but I still try to fit it in. And I told Rob that I would help him again. Uh, and, and you know, the 40th is going to be with me and Rob again. We're going to bring another friend of ours in to do it. Um, work with us on Expo 40th. We'll, we'll, we'll make that announcement later. But, uh, you know, this has been a labor of love for me. And uh, labor of love for Rob for many years. And, you know, we've been planning the 40th for a good period of time. And I don't want to bow out before the 40th, right? So we're going to make it. I mean, I think this year was a wonderful show. People thought the layout was great. Uh, it was it was phenomenal. People were attending it. Rob is already going nuts for next year, the 40th. We've already made some deals. Um, we are going to have a tour of American Pinball from Pinball Expo next year. Okay, plus there's going to be tours of other manufacturers at Expo. So we're really, like I said, the 40th, we're pulling out some major stops for Rob. Um, and, you know, we're going to have some fun with it, you know. And um, I've been enjoying it, and I need to have other people step up. And we had. We had some other people step in and step up. And I have to always thank one of the key supporters of Pinball Expo, a man who is always very quiet behind the scenes, making sure so much gets put together. And then it's, of course, Pinball News' Martin Abe. Uh, oh, Martin, yeah. <laughs> running, running the seminars, spending all those hours, <laughs> putting the videos up, and, and Jonathan? I couldn't do it without my, without my compatriot here, or my, well, my colleague. Is not somebody that wasn't being thought of, because Jonathan, also you have helped out immensely over the years, too, with Pinball Expo. There's many people unsung. I mean, you think about it, there's Jeff Oler, there's, there's, mm. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. there's a bunch of little people who have, not just little people, people who are supportive of this. I mean, listen, Flippy. Flippy's out now, you know, he's at the shows, you know, and we, we're, we're trying to make sure we're going to have his own security guard, you know, and then next year Flippette is going to be there, Flippy's little sister. So, you know, it's going to be kind of fun. You know, we, we try that. But, you know, Jonathan and Martin, I know you guys have labor of love sitting up there in that seminar room capturing pinball, you know, history right there. Martin in the deserves most of the credit for that. I, 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 I give Martin a lot of credit. Okay occasionally help out um but but okay um and, and, and martin, was, how many how many games martin played at people <laughs> xbox <laughs> uh i think i played six in the entire show and but, uh, but you know martin should get a should get a couple gold stars not just because he does all that but he also puts up with jonathan all the time <laughs> 
That is a tough task. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it must be a glutton no, for no, no argument there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, um, we'll come back to to Expo. Um, sure, sure, later, if if not uh, another time. Uh, yeah. But uh, we want to take this opportunity to uh, to use your time um, to the best we possibly can, and uh, let's go back to what's happening at American Pimple. Absolutely, and uh, and we were. Um, one of the questions that uh, we talked about rumours earlier that Jonathan was addressing, and uh, maybe I should, I should also also ask some about um, one of your other titles, your uh, Legends of Valhalla, and um, what's happening there um, because with the limited edition of that, because we thought they were all sold out, but um, but but then you um, Black Friday came Black and, Friday. and the yeah. game was on sale. Exactly, yep. yeah, with a uh, special manufacturer discount of $400, I believe. So uh, what, what's the deal there? How, how did that work? Does it still work? And why were they not sold out when we thought they were sold out? So, so they were sold out, right? We, you know, it's, it's manufacturing. Um, what happens is, unfortunately, you know, depending on the time frame you get your games out, um, you sometimes get left over with some orphans and some orders get canceled and people walk away from, you know, deals kind of thing. Now, granted, do I have thousands? No. Do I have hundreds? No. Do I have over 50? No. But I do have a, a good amount, not a lot, of um, the limited version of Legends of Ahala, which you got to remember, we were making classics, right? We made classics. Mm-hmm. For the people who wanted classics, Which and we're still going to make the trimmed down version, yes, right. And we're still going to make classics. But I had some orders that got canceled on the limited, and instead of you know taking them and stripping them down and doing all this stuff, we're just going to you know we're kind of having a small Black Friday sale and making it impossible for some people to get it. Now, listen, you know, one of the things that when we brought out Legends of Ahala, um, it was a a very good game, right? It, it came on the market. People loved it. But since then, uh, Frank and Steve Bowden and uh, the rest of the Valhalla team have been working on the code. And they have gotten it to the point where it is uh, tournament worthy, right? It's it's a really good, strong code for the game. Um, and a lot of players have now been like, hey, I want to add that to my collection, which They've been buying classics, and there were some that were, you know, limited, which were, you know, sitting here. Well, the idea was, we'll 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 move out the limited. We did the Black Friday deal. We had a, a good amount of sales on those. Uh, we still have some left, and that's why I'm also stating here that we're going to continue running that deal until December fifteenth. So the manufacturer's rebate which is an instant rebate only on new games, only new games that are being ordered by American Pinball until December 15th have an MSRP of $7995. It's normally $8395, but I'm giving you a $400 discount while supplies last. Once they're gone, they're gone. And all you can get is classics. And like I said, there's, you know, there's a good amount, but we're going to blow through those. And uh, we'll sell them, right? And right. So, so until, until December the fifteenth. Okay. So, yeah. h- how does that work? If if I was looking to buy 
one of these limited editions from through our distributor. Yep. And I said, I want, I want to buy it and, and I want the 400 discount. And they say, well, we've already got three in stock. So we'll give you one of those, but we're not going to order any more from American. So there's no discount. <laughs> Correct. Or he has to give you the discount and say, hey, listen, I'll give you the discount. And then, uh, you know, he might blow that out. But m- most of my distributors that have reached across are not sitting on any limiteds. All right. So they, they you know, this is a, a a pure deal kind of thing. So if you mm-hmm. want one, Martin, you could reach out to, let me think, it's Phil, Pinball. Yeah, Pinball Heaven. Heaven, yeah. And say, Phil, I want a Legends of Valhalla Limited. According to American, I get it at 7995 That's uh, MSRP. Um, of course, there's, you know, import and all that But you're not paying tax, right? You're not paying import tax and other tax on the 83.95 you're paying it on the 79.95 yeah. so you're saving the 400 there so that you you do save some stuff there right um and then you could get it once they're gone they're gone right this is the limited version of Valhalla which has the the mirrored back glass and the and the all the hand painted toys yeah all the full sculpts yeah full sculpts the side blades the um, you know now the new code it's available which has the jukebox mode in it it has um, you know a bunch of other cool things that just make the game play beautiful right um, and, and trust me legends of Ahala is a is a an adversary game that uh, a good friend of mine um, Steve Ritchie played a couple times and said hey you got something here it's a good game uh, he well, liked it's it it's a good game yeah, it's a very underrated game, I would say. Yeah, so... Yeah, a little bit of a sleeper, should we say. Um, yes. Now, talking about some of your earlier titles, because it's very easy to, to spend all our time talking about uh, Galactic Tank Force, but when we visited you this time, and I think even when we visited you a year ago, a year before that, you were working on some mods for games which may or may not turn into production items, uh, might add extra features or make uh, take existing games and make them, have, give them a, move them to another level, shall we say. Uh, have you got any news on any of those? Is anything you want to announce or talk about yet? I, I love how Martin turned his camera off so I didn't see his face when he was asking these questions, but yes. Yeah. Uh, Purely for bandwidth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No pressure, yeah. David. Yeah. Tell us. <laughs> the questions that were never asked. Okay, I get the all the time. Uh, factory mods. Yes, we are still working on factory mods. We don't have anything yet. We will announce it shortly when the factory mods are available. Um, they are taking games to a new level. Um, Martin is absolutely correct. We do have some of those that are in the works. Um, and when we have those done, people are going to be excited. And remember, when we do a factory mod, we do something that goes all the way back to game number one. So that means that if I make something that changes the gameplay, changes it, makes it a little better or fixes something, I've made it so that guy who has Houdini 000 because 001 sitting right here in the factory. <laughs> yeah. 002 can buy the mod, put it in, and his and maybe do a software update and can do it. But most of the times it's just plug it in and go. So we are working on some factory mods for, okay. the, for okay. some of our games. Can, can you 
already reveal for which games you're working on such factory <laughs> models. No, so that I, people who have those games have something to look forward to, like, oh, something's coming. I can't wait. Well, let's put it this way. Um, you, there are two mods. One is for one of the toughest games that is made by American, and uh, that will help make it not so tough, but can be turned off for tournament mode to make it just as tough as it always was. And the other one is something that just always has screamed for this kind of mod in this game and just didn't have time to develop it. And the team here, uh, Ryan McQuaid and team, uh, developed the, the mod, and, it, and, it's, and it's pretty cool. That one we probably will see sooner than the other one. But time will tell. We have okay, we have so a lot of work ahead of us, guys. A lot of work. Well, you have. Okay. Yeah. Are we are we talking Texas Pinball Festival that both will be revealed, or is that even too soon? That might be a little. Well, maybe one would be revealed by then, but not both. Um, you know, got to remember we we we're a small team, right? Now, if I was my competitors, um, I'd have a bigger team, right? I'd have a you know, I only have uh, two. Three software guys, right? One rules, two software. Um, I have one mechanical engineer, two game designers, um, and a bunch of uh, art people, right? I have uh, th two animators and one art director. And then we hire out our art direct art team, right? And then I have a uh, uh, electrical guy, right? So that's it. Small team. Right. Okay. Now, speaking of teams, uh, and we were just talking about Legend of Valhalla, uh, which is actually developed by Riot Games, uh, Scott and Frank. Um, are we going to see another Scott and Frank or Riot Games game with American Pinball? Yes. And <laughs> can you indicate when, in, in, in what order, when we might expect them? Or uh, when, so to speak? Not next year, but soon after. <laughs> you have to wait and see, uh, uh, Jonathan. I mean, I'm always amazed how everybody wants to know what the next game is. <laughs> the next game? What's the next game? You know, that kind of thing. Okay, well, that's, well let's deep well, that a couple subject. of... But, uh, but, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, that's a whole other subject. But let me just put, let me just say this, that Scott and Frank have been asked. We, we knew we were going to do another game with them. Uh, we're just giving him uh, some time uh, but we're also working with a license there so that's kind of a fun title for us um, so yes we have licenses coming well that, that, that sort of brings me on the next um, rumor to uh, neutralize so to speak um, apparently there's a rumor going around or some people claiming that uh, American Pinball is Upcoming games are only going to be non-licensed and, uh, um, um, well, is that true? Is there any truth to that? Or what can you tell about that? So we do have some non-licensed games, but the next game is non-licensed. The game that follows that, if you ask the designer, he'd say it's a pseudo-license, but it's a non-license, right? It's kind of like a follow-up let's just say that that's a good word and then after that is license and another license okay now you have only a number a limited number of designers um if i'm not mistaken 
Barry see Alford. Get, let's, let's see if you can get them all right here, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Barry Osler, who uh, sadly passed away, uh, was working on a game which he, uh, I believe, mostly finished before his passing. Um, I would guess that would be the next title after Galactic Tank Force. And then we have uh, Dennis Nordman working on what I suppose will be another non-license. Um, you have Ryan McQuaid in there. Um, and I suppose then it would be up to Riot Games, Scott and Frank. You, you got it right in the right order, buddy. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> ding, Barry, ding, 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 ding. How many ding, points ding. did I get for that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. How many times did I have to tell you before this? No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, so yes, Barry's game is the next game. Uh, we're kind of excited now. This is a labor of love for the entire team. Um, understand that Dennis helped out with this game. Ryan helped out with this game. Uh, we all wanted to pay tribute to Barry in this game. Uh, sadly, to lose Barry, um, you know, he gave us, you know, his design for the Whitewood, and sadly, he passed away before he ever got to flip it. In fact, um, he gave me the Whitewood design. I loved it. Um, it's it is pinball. Okay, it is the essence of pinball, um, and to see this game and to wanting to play it, and then to basically like uh, <clears throat> uh, basically get a phone call the next day from his wife saying that he passed was very tough. Mm. It was very tough for the whole team, um, and it wasn't easy, you know, for this team. But this team has come together. Because it, it, it's giving tribute to a friend, a friend to the pinball community, Barry Osler. I mean, the man designed mm, some much. of the great pinball machines, right? You know, he, he was a game designer that studied under Norm Clark. Uh, not Norm Clark, uh, sorry, <laughs> Steve Kordak. Yeah. But he was the guy who you know, came into this industry and uh, was very good at what he does. And uh, to have what he put together for us, and he was already working on his second game, right? He already, But he sadly never got it uh, to a point where he was happy or, you know, he had concepts written down. And like Dennis, Barry, even Ryan, um, and even Scott at Riot, they kind of write a story about what they want to do in the game and and what the storyline is based upon. Uh, this 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 game is going to be you know this so you know like Galactic Tank Force started off with you know this is this is you know we have a princess and an, an empress and we're going to battle this and it's going to be this cool thing. It's going to be a tank. You know this whole storyline was developed right and same thing with. Um, Ryan's game is coming out, and the same thing with Barry. Barry designed and had a whole storyline behind it. I mean, everybody's got a storyline behind it. So Barry's second game had just a storyline, but never had any development. But his this game here was developed, and then needed a little tweak, a little love. Dennis jumped in, helped an awful lot. Uh, Ryan ha- jumped in and helped some spots here and there with the game, and uh, and for the most part, we have a really nice flipping 
pinball that actually has already been sent out to our sound engineer. Uh, one's being sent out to our software engineer and many other people. So that kind of gives we you a little bit of a time. We, we need names. <laughs> oh, 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 sound engineer. Uh, well, okay, there, there's somebody new in the sound engineering. Uh, we've had Matt Kern. Uh, Matt's a great sound engineer, and we will be using Matt in the future. But the next game is coming from David Thiel. So David Thiel is joining the ranks of the sound engineers for American Pinball. So we're happy to have David on on that. Um, the software guy, software guy is of course Joe Schober, which we've been Joe has been on the team since um, Oktoberfest. So Joe will be working on the software for this new game uh, shortly, and then of course we have our artist who is Dan Hughes. Um, Dan is no stranger uh, to pinball. Um, he was a good friend of Barry's. Uh, so Dan is, you know, he knew Barry. Uh, he worked at WMS and Williams back in the day. He did games like, you know, Corvette and, um, let's see, Corvette. What did he else he do? Uh, I can't remember. Indianapolis 500 and a few other games. So, you know, Dan's no stranger to the art department uh, for pinball. Um, so he's going to be doing that. And then, of course, David doing the sounds is just, you know, you know, you got a, you got a sound engineer like David Thiel. He's just going to knock it out of the park. So right. we're kind of excited about that. So, so obviously, what, what, oh, sorry, Martin, go ahead. That's right. I was going to say, obviously, this, this game means a lot to everybody at American and everybody who knew Barry. And um, I understand that everybody wants to wants to give it their utmost and um, make it a, a real tribute to uh, to Barry. Is it the kind of game which, or is the company in a position in where it doesn't really matter whether it's a huge seller or, or not, but the important thing is, that it is, it is the game that Barry would would have wanted it to be, because it's. I, I imagine it, it's not going to be. It's going to be a, a unique game. To put it that way, it's not going to be like anything else that's out there very much. Maybe a little bit more like um, the way some companies are going now, but it's it's not going to be um, a high tech. Um, multimedia fest type game i wouldn't uh, i would suggest it's going to be as you said yourself pretty much pure pinball yes it it, it does it is pure pinball there's a bunch of little things that barry had been working on for many years let's just say and this game perfects it so i can't go into more detail on that mm-hmm. but yeah. But I, I will say one thing, Jonathan. I know you were asking me a question about this earlier. A spoiler, he did ask me a question earlier, and I said I wouldn't tell him. But I will give you one word that is in the title of the next game. <laughs> and, yeah. and the one word that I'm putting in there is the word Barry. Yeah, okay. Good. So okay. we did. We did name the game. This after. is Barry's game. Yeah. This is Barry's okay. game. And do we have a time frame for Barry's game? So the way we do with manufacturing, it's, it's out. It's you know we're we're, we're gearing up for it. Um, it'll be in 2023, probably sometime in the spring of 2023. We'll just have to wait and see. Okay. Okay. Um, now we just mentioned. Uh, the other designers, um, 
we know that Dennis is working on a game. Um, are we also going to see that in 2023, or oh, you mean up in the air? <laughs> Let's get it right. I said I should have said uh, 2024. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. Wow. My bad. My bad. Are flying by here, my friend. Um, yes. No. We should be seeing that in 2024 sometime too. Late 2024. Okay. Right. So, okay. So, so, so remember the, what the first time. first. Yes. So <laughs> games so, next to, year. So to put it into you know aspects, think about this: one mechanical engineer, two designers, you know, kind of like you know Dennis working on one and so forth. Um, an art team with two um, animators and one art director, um, two three software people, right? Two programmers, one rules. That's it. So we're maxed out at our bandwidth right this minute we could grow bigger we will grow bigger we'll bring more people in and we've already been talking about that um so, course, yeah, so you're are you looking for another uh, at 300 helps an awful lot to grow right so we're going to be doing that um, but, but if, if if a mechanical engineer is listening right now and is like hey i would love to work for american pitbull should he contact you yeah he can reach out he to or us. she he or she, absolutely. Sophia it would love to have a you know anybody who would like to join the American Pitbull. We've had some candidates that have put their hat in the ring. Let's just put it that way. We we've unfortunately uh, circumstances haven't lent them to be here with us. But you know, hey, the door is always open, right? We're always looking for people who want to find a passion and to work on a game. Uh, audio engineers, um, artists. You know, we'll look at it, right? We'll talk about it, but it's up to them at the end of the day uh, whether they get the gig or not, right? Or up to us. So it, it's just kind of like we'll figure it out. But y yes, if a mechanical engineer is out there listening, or a double E is looking, an electrical engineer, or mm -hmm. anybody who wants to, you know, do that kind of thing, and they want to join American, they can send the resume in. We'll look at it. We'll we'll set up a teams meeting. Uh, you know, have them talk about it. You know, there there is growth. And I am, I'm happy to say that American is growing. You guys were in the factory, right? You saw yeah. the growth. Um, you know, think about it. We're we're cranking out machines left and right here. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, it's come a long way from what American was. And uh, Martin will remember this, that in three days, right, Martin? Three days from now is the three years ago, three days from now is when David Fix walked in the door at American Pinball. Mm. Congratulations. December, December 7th, 2020. So, a very good date. It's yeah, it's kind of crazy when people say, so David, what, you know, it's December 4th, 2023. What did you think? I said, well, let's see. 3 years ago, I was living in New York, have a place here now in Chicago, uh, in Palatine, 10 minutes from the office. Um, you know, was pretty much seated there in New York pretty heavily. And now to think that I'm spending more time here in Chicago in the factory helping them get to that next level and the next level after that is is just is, is mind-blowing to me. But, you know, here we are three years in and uh, ready to go into the next phase, which is 2024, which is crazy to me. You know, it's amazing how fast time has flown. Love working with this entire team. This team is a very passionate team that wants to be there, right? You know, so 
uh, going back to the game, right, the next two, they were being built simultaneously. So it's been a, a challenge for the team, right? I mean, not a very big team, but it's been a challenge for all of them to kind of, you know, okay, we're doing we're doing this game, we're doing that game, we're doing this game, we're doing that game. So, you know. That kind of brings me to my next question, because you were talking just now about uh, manufacturing issues, and we've seen, you know, um, particularly in the past couple of years, there have been unexpected delays in, in sourcing various components, or things have not been up to spec when they've arrived, and is it possible, because these two games have been developed in... Uh, parallel virtually um that we might see genesis game come out before barry's game if it turns out that there is a particular delay on a a part or uh, there is an issue with barry's game or, or genesis game uh, comes through faster than was expected so it's a funny question you asked uh i don't know how you have insight there mr uh martin but uh, <laughs> yes um it has already flip flopped once, and that's where it's at now. So it's it's pretty locked in there. We because they were parallel for such a long time, they were flip flopping back and forth. We were like, okay, mm. we're going to bring out Dennis's game because that's that's got X, Y, and Z done, and it's good, you know. And then it's like, well, this 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 mech isn't working great, right? Cool. So let's let's redefine this mech. Okay, guess what? Barry's game is now flopped back into that place. You know, oh, okay. Uh, Barry's got a delay over here. Okay, well, maybe we... Do we need to move Dennis's game forward? You know, it's kind of one of those things. We keep looking at it, but it's, it's great as a manufacturer to have that. And then mm. I have Ryan in his own little world, right, uh, working on his game. Yeah. And then I got... Steve and Frank working on their game. Uh, so, you know, basically we have, you know, Barry and Dennis in parallel, and then I have Scott and and, and Ryan working in parallel. So, you know, the, the future looks very bright. You know, we have games that are being developed, and uh, it's good. You know, it's fun. I mean, I would say one of the, one of the persistent... I'd say worries or issues, um, it, nagging issues, I suppose, in the back of people's minds when it comes to American Pinball is, okay, you, you say you're a small company, you're not selling thousands of machines, um, but oh. you, are, you are selling many hundreds of machines, uh, we know that, and you're making many hundreds of machines. Is the long-term funding in place to make sure American Pinball is, is there for many years to come? That's That's got to be a, a worry because, you know, you said it yourself, uh, people have, have been have been rumours around about if you don't sell the 300, is that it? Is, is somebody going to pull the rug out from underneath you? Is your funding source going to be cut? Um, that's That kind of goes back to that rumour, which you've already put to bed. But um, with any company, there has to be, you know, Large or small, there's always going to be questions about how viable they are in the long term, um, particularly if they're relatively small companies, like like uh, in the scheme of things, um, like American is. Yeah, well, let me let me touch on that for a second. Listen, when I started here three years ago, uh, the question from Mukesh before he hired me was he had one question: either I join the company or the company goes bankrupt and is gone. Okay. So, yes, given a new lease on life, uh, we, you know, that kind of makes you like, okay, I got to fight. 
And anybody who knows me is that I'm very passionate about my jobs and I'm very passionate about pinball. And then I put 120% in and that I continue to work exceedingly hard to make uh, what is the hardest job in the world, um, you know, run a pinball factory. So the first year I was hesitant, did we do enough? And, and Mukesh was happy. Okay, he says, "Yeah, we we did okay." You know, the second year, we did. You know, and his 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 words was, "We're in the black." So okay, we're we're there, right? So now comes twenty twenty three, and we're just shy of that mark. That is the most amount of games this company's ever made. So yeah, he's he's happy. And, and and the manufacturer is happy, and we're, we're 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 you know we're doing our job, right? We we are a small company, and and what I'm looking forward to is hitting that number, and then be able to grow a little bit more and bring some more people in to make us not so crazy, right? Um, you know, I, I I laugh. My wife goes, I go on a on a small little vacation for our 25th wedding anniversary, for um um. Iapa Europe, right? I took a week off before the show, mm-hmm. and she's like, you, you know, the, her happiest moment was the one day that I didn't have my phone turned on. You know, <laughs> and then the second day, she goes, "You're on vacation, you know that." And I still answered like twenty or thirty emails or something stupid like that. But it was like the time difference was perfect for me, and I was able to, you know, gallivant through Germany and 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 in and. and Salzburg, Austria, and then get over to um, you know Vienna, um, mm-hmm. was, which was a great little you know little rest, let's just say, because you know when you're running a pinball factory, uh, running a pinball, it, it's you're you're. <laughs> some people say, do you go home and play pinball anymore? Um, I do. In fact, yesterday I worked on my games, first time in a while that I, I, that I have here. I have uh, four games, four games in the basement right now at the new place. Um, so I did get to work on them for a little bit and, and spend time. But it's kind of weird, you know, because, you know, when it's your day-to-day job, you know, almost seven days a week, it kind of gets old, right? So... Um, I have a very understanding wife, which is nice, and she, you know, love of my life, and, and she, she's been very supportive over the years of this crazy hobby that's now turned into this mm-hmm. gigantic job. But um, know that there's a lot of support from within just this little company that we're all fighting to keep pinball alive. And, you know, it kind of worries me, and I'm sure... Jonathan is going to get into this question about the pinball market, but uh, you know the pinball market is a very interesting market right now. What is selling? What isn't selling? What's the numbers? What's the trends? How are things working? How are you doing with American pinball? And it's it, it, and it's you know it's it's a job, it's work. Um, I'm very happy with Galactic because Galactic has been a good mover for us. Um, has filled a lot of openings, um, and the, the signatures are are being received very well by the people who've been wanting something very special. Um, in in order to show off a, a very cool game for people, but the market has changed. Uh, the market is not the same uh, as it was during COVID or after COVID. The market is very very much like pre-COVID now. 
So it's it's kind of an interesting time. Uh, somebody said to me today, he says, well, would you call it pinflation? <laughs> I guess it would be, you know, uh, depending on where we are with the market, right? So there will be a, a kind of a evening of the market, let's just say, at some point. I know it will be. Can, can, can you tell my... us what you mean by that, by what it was like pre-COVID compared to how it's been in the in the past year? Sure. So, like pre-COVID, um, given back to when I worked for ICE, you had your hot months, your cool months. Uh, like so, let's say uh, January, February are always slow on sales. Uh, March, April, May are up. No sales in June, July, August. September starts peaking back up. October starts hitting a higher strength. November, December finishes strong. Okay, and then you, after the new year, you go back down in that curve. Uh, usually follows with the U.S. economy a little bit. So around sometime in the end of February, beginning of March, people are getting their tax refunds and they have some money to spend. So they might look at buying a pin or selling their old pin with a little extra cash and buying a new something new that they think is very cool, which is great. Um, and then that's that first rise. Okay, so that's that. Mm -hmm. That's the uh, March, April, May kind of thing. And then families go on vacation in June, July, August. So you always see a, a slight, you know, a drop in sales, right? So you have to be prepared for that um, and schedule yourself properly. And then September, the kids are going back to school, and then October hits is when people start thinking, hey, I need to get something for the holidays, right? And then holiday sales kind of take over in November and December and finish strong. Uh, for the season. And in fact, right now, that's kind of why we're pushing very heavily, you know, to have the signatures done uh, very shortly uh, so that everybody for the holidays will have a signature if they ordered it under their tree. So we, we're on schedule right now to have every signature done and then anybody who orders one or, you know, because there's still some available, not much, you know, people are getting phone calls um, that there are some available. And if you order it, you, you probably will have it for Christmas. So you'll but, have something uh, that's very, very unique. Everything you, you described there about the market uh, and the fluctuations are all based around selling to the home buyer, not to operators. It's it. So, yeah, interesting you say that, Martin, but it's the same. It's kind of weird. I know what you mean. So most most uh, operators do not buy anything in January, February. Uh, there's a reason why the AMOA show, the spring show, is always in March, and that's when they start opening their checkbooks because they're thinking about opening their FECs mm. and uh, opening them back up for the spring. So yep. they come out in March, they buy for April, May. When June comes along, most of the FECs are wide open, and they're trying to... So you know, we've got they, everything they want. Yeah, they have everything in in stock. They don't want to bring in new machinery. They don't want to tie up their old stuff. They don't want to take something off off the floor. So they kind of just kind of ride that market, mm -hmm. and they continue to bring out their stuff. Now they're also hoping it's what we call the Jersey Shores and a lot of the FECs that open for the summertime. They're open. May, June, July, August, right? And then September, and then they start, they might be around until the end of October uh, for their mm -hmm. Halloween special, and then they, they're gone, right? They shut down for the winter, right? They're gone yeah. for November. And there's the reason that IAPA is in November, because it's 
A lot of FECs are already closed for the season, and they're looking to find out what the new big new thing is going to be for next year. Yeah. If I put my order in November, I will definitely have it before I open the store come March or April. Right. Mm. So, and then that's when they also re look at their stock levels. They look at their games and decide if they're going to keep them or not. Right. So it's a, it's an awful lot going on right there at, at first. So, but it's interesting how that curve, that, that curve just goes across both levels. Um, mm. It's coin up and for the home market. So um, it, 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 it really does follow pretty strongly. So that's uh, Industry Insights with David Fix. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, th- there's a reason if, if you go back far enough, right? If you if you listen to all the, the you know, Martin, you'll know what I'm talking about. If we listen to all the people that we've ever interviewed at Expo who always said the worst month to release a pinball game is what? June, July, August, right? It's the summer months. Mm. Games usually do horrible during those launch marks. Because it's at the wrong time of year. Families are there. People aren't seeing the game. People are out. They're on vacation. And things just don't sell, right? And, you know, if it's, you know, if you really want to kill a game, release it in that period of time. Um, Now, granted, right after COVID and the year after that, you know, the last two years up until 23, summer was okay because families were not still traveling as much. So they were taking it and saying, "Hey, let's make a staycation. Let's you know, let's get a game for the house. Maybe we'll go up and see grandma, grandpa. We're not going to go very far on this vacation. We're not going to fly somewhere. We're going to just put the money into the house a little bit. We'll, you know, maybe mom wants something new in the kitchen or something, or or, or mom wants a new television. You know, what you know, there there's always you know some stuff there, right? Um, a lot of times, moms want a new pinball machine too. So there you go." <laughs> and, and of course, uh, the, the business has changed in that time. When you were going back to when you were talking about the wooden launch a game in, in June, July, that was when you'd bring out a game, you'd make it for three, four months, and it's done, and you move on to the next one. Correct. Now you're making you're making Houdinis, you know, from what four years ago. Well, yeah. that long ago, yeah. So yeah. you're 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 still making those now and bringing out, you know, making changes to that game even now. So, um, <laughs> who knows when that game was? That that game was launched in what the start of the year? I suppose it would have been post Expo. Yep. Um, yep. Was yeah. it was shown at Expo twenty sixteen, released yep. to the public at uh, Texas twenty. About three months later, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, yeah I remember it was, uh, it was a real real rush for uh, for that to be uh, turned around from what what you shown. At right. Expo to what you ended but, up pre- presenting at uh, Texas. But think about it. We were showing a game that had uh, not a dot matrix at the time, a screen, um, and we still have orders for this game, right? Uh, it's 2017. People are still giving us deposits, wanting the game new, and uh, buying the game because the game has long legs right and uh just just you know take a take a second and look at idbp you know internet pinball database and look at what else was released in 2017 look at the games that were out there at that time and uh you know there's houdini in the mix and he's still being sold and, and it's funny because i still go to shows and people go oh, are you still making houdini 
uh, can I, where do I get one? And it's like, you know, it, it's, we didn't have it at IEPA, but we had the flyers and I took, I think 200 flyers and people were like, Oh, I still need to talk to my distributor. And, and I had Betson and Moss and, and central distributing and a couple European uh, distributors come over and like, Hey, when are we, when are you, you're producing them now, can I get on the list? Can I, you know, just that other you know, thing. So it's 2017 and games are still being produced. Right. Mm, yeah. Okay. Now on a completely different subject, um, because uh, Houdini was one of the first, or was the first game for uh, American Pinball after. Oh, let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but no. um, I remember uh, that American Pinball in the early days also uh, attempted to get into the redemption game market uh, with a game <laughs> called The Flying Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman. I can't imagine why you remember that name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, I don't either, Jonathan. We should have called it the Flying Justin, but go ahead. <laughs> What's so, your question? But, but is that still a market that you're looking to tap into? Is that project dead, or is it on hold, or what's 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 the status? Good question. Good question. Uh, again, bandwidth, right? Let's get pinball well under control. Let's keep ourselves looking at pinball where we are with that right now. Okay, um, the Flying Dutchman is something that could always maybe raise its sales again in a new format. Something that's designed a little bit more, how do I say it, reliable, fun, uh, all the way around. Is there is there a market for redemption games? Yes. Are we going to do it anytime soon? No. Uh, we're, we, we're a small group. We're going to focus on pinball. Um and then who knows? You know, if the group grows, we could always dabble a little into into redemption. Listen, I, I spent a good part of over six years with my friends over at Ice. Uh, they're good people. Um, is there a possibility down the road of some of us developing a game and then having Ice build it? Absolutely. Um, there are many manufacturers out there who would love to, you know, take a concept or something that we develop and and and, and work together on such a thing but you know you're talking you know worlds in in the future but you know given the, the the smallness of this team and this group i'll say that we're focusing heavily on pinball because after all we're known as american pinball not just american arcade right so we're, we're american pinball okay i guess we uh, sort of covered uh, all the rumors that we wanted to uh, hmm. address uh, and a lot more. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, just, just one last is, question is I'd like to you... ask. Yes. Oh, um, oh, sure. Go before, ahead, Mark. Before we head, um, because as you, you say, you are you're head of a American pimple, and it's easy for for those who are not that familiar with the business to think it's it's all about the design of the games and uh, getting the licenses, getting the artwork, and uh, getting the the actual play fields to to flip wonderfully but uh, due credit to gary stern a long time ago he said we are a manufacturing business and basically that they stern and, and most other companies pinball companies could manufacture anything as as we were just talking about making redemption games um and the design side of it is the bit that feeds the manufacturing how much of your time is taken up dealing with the 
the creation of the games and how much is it t- you know, taken up in actually making sure you have a manufacturing operation that has everything it needs, the staffing, the parts, the, the supply chains and all that, and the ability to deliver the product at the end of it as well. So, so I will say that to start off, it was more, mm, uh, it was 100% of everything, right, when we first started um, to create the teams, to bring the people in, to start working on the projects, to working on that. Listen, um, I decided, I started December 7th, 2020, October 7th, 2021, 10 months difference. We released Legends of Valhalla from a new team. So that gives you a clue how quickly we turned around. We, we brought in uh, the, the entire front office was changed. The entire, you know, the art department, every there was none such thing. We had we had uh, software engineers. Yes. But for the most part, we brought in everybody. And in 10 months, this company took and made a new game. Now, at that time, I was happy to be back, be back more back let's say 40 percent or 30 percent within r&d and now it's a little bit of a change right with galactic i was a little bit more involved uh barry's game i'm a little more involved uh dennis's game i'm a little more involved um but you gotta understand something it's not me being involved in let's say you know i'm telling dennis how to do his job dennis knows how to do his job brian knows how to do his job Scott knows how to do – hell, Barry knew how to do his job, right? And Zofia knows how to do their job. You know, I hired the people that know how to do their job. Um, but for me to step in and just kind of help out where I can, kind of give direction, kind of, you know, you know, just say, hey, listen, this this isn't jiving kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's a new perspective. So for me to jump in there and help with this, with the team, has been, you know, helpful. Granted, we had to bring in a production manager. Now we mm-hmm. have, you know, the, you know, different people, new people on the line, new people in in the stock room, new people here, right? So we had to work our way through a lot of bumps and, you know, a lot of little, um, how do I say, growing pains. A lot of growing pains. Uh, we lost some people along the way, which is, again, growing pains, and it's not been easy, right? So, um, and one of the one of the growing pains is when you change people, you, you miss little things, right? You miss little bitty things, and I know there was a something I was going to talk about, Jonathan and you about, and we kind of missed that, and that's you know when you when you change personnel, you miss things, and it's it's good for a company to look back and go, oh wait a minute, we forgot. Right, we forgot that the shooter lane switch on Galactic Tank Force needs a little drop of um, uh, thread lock, right? Not the heaviest thread lock or Loctite, just a little bit to keep the switch mounted properly. Um, we forgot about it, you know, and now it's been corrected. But uh, so why I'm saying that is that we had a little issue with Galactic Tank Force. Some people say, hey, the, the ball ball's not in the shooter lane. It doesn't know it. Well, look at the shooter lane switch. So it leads the company to, to think, well, do we need to perfect this a little bit better? Do we need to do this? But then again, it's like, do we have the bandwidth to do that? And uh, do we have the time to do that? Um, 
And uh, the question a lot of times is, do you know, will we have the time to do that? And I, and I think we've done that in in the the long run. Uh, we've had you know some growing pains, but you, you have to deal with it, right? You have uh, you know technical service. You got people who never looked at a pinball machine ever in their lifetime, and they want to buy one, right? So and then they're like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? Jams up the phone lines. It jams up service a little bit. And then, you know, you walk them through stuff. But like I said, it's growing pains. To answer your question, I'm getting to the point now where I'm 50-50 or actually 60-40. I'm really walking away from production a lot more because production is humming, right? It's meeting their goals. It's hitting all that stuff. So I'm happy to go, okay, I don't need to be in in charge of production. I don't need to be this. I have managers to take care of that. I don't have to have oversight on this. I can back off and just let them take care of stuff, right? But uh, no, I'm the first guy to end the line of defense. If there's something wrong with production, I'm going to be the first one breathing down their neck. So, you know, it's kind of, it, it, it's still a, not, not, I shouldn't say breathing down their neck. We're a team. We're going to work as a team. But I'm going to be like directing them, like, "Hey, how did you cut this corner? Why did you miss this? What happened? How can we, you know, effectively get this back? What do we need to mitigate this and get this corrected?" So there, there's a bunch of little things that we, you know, sometimes pops up that we have to take care of. But for my aspect, my role, I'm like, like you said, Martin, I'm walking myself back and back and back away from production. Spending a little more time with sales, spending a little more time with the marketing groups, uh, spending a little more time with, you know, R&D. So it's, mm. you know, I don't know if there's enough hours in the day with everything that I do. Um, you know, some people think that, you know, what was the best the best statement somebody said? There's plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, Thanks. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I went a little long around the way to answer that question, but I think I answered. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Anything for you, Johnson? Uh, You've been quiet there. <laughs> I've been uh, paying attention and listening to your uh, very intriguing uh, um, explanation of uh, basically what your job looks like and uh, an explanation of, uh, of how the market works. So, uh, thank you for that. Uh, it's very interesting. At least I found it very interesting. Uh, um, I suppose that uh, the next time we will meet will be at Texas Pinball Festival. And um, from from what you mentioned earlier, um, hopefully in the company of uh, um, Barry's Game. We will see. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm looking forward I, to it. But one thing I will say, Jonathan is please remember, I think you guys are going to do your famous trivia question. Yeah. Remember, American Pinball in the past has always supported you guys and will still support you, so I'll send you some some cool toys and some cool giveaway stuff for your your, turn, your trivia question. Because that's well, always if you, if, you, if you needed a reason to be at the Texas Pinball Festival, <laughs> you just got it. There <laughs> you go. I think we gave you guys a play field one year, didn't we? Did we do that last year? I can't remember. I mean, I remember uh, giving you some cool stuff over the years. Yeah, so, yeah, we got uh, and plenty of posters crew, and, and banners yeah, and things I, like that. Yeah. yeah, the size of the the crew you get this year, I definitely am going to throw a play field in there. So you'll have an, a really cool, maybe I'll get it autographed by the team here. I don't know what I'll have, but I'll get you a nice 
uh, play field and we'll get you some back classes and some really cool stuff to give away there at, at, at Texas. Fantastic. All I remember was, was being in line to get some posters in, and you were shouting at me. For <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't shouting at you. You're going. Of course, you were standing there with your with your hands full of two hundred posters. That's why. No, 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 it wasn't two hundred. <laughs> he, he's walking around like this. If you guys can see him, uh, posters, he's like. Quick, before well, David, David said it was two hundred. <laughs> Well, uh, the people that won them were very happy with them. They were yeah. indeed, yeah. I and we were happy to give them away. I know they all went to a good home, so that's that's a good thing. So, right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much indeed, David, for taking the time uh, on this uh, on this busy busy time for you, and uh, and answering our questions, and uh, hopefully giving a, a real insight into uh, what's going on and what's coming up at American Pinball. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Jonathan. Look forward to seeing you guys at Texas. And, you know, and to everybody out there, remember that Americans already promised that we were going to deliver our Galactic Tank Force signatures for all those who ordered it under their Christmas tree this year or whatever holiday they spell, uh, they, they happen to celebrate. And that we look forward to a happy 2024 with an exciting uh, future ahead of American Pinball. And, uh, you know, a lot of fun for everybody. We keep flipping. All right. Thank you, David Fix, for uh, yep, for this uh, wonderful insight in, uh, well, basically his job and how American Pimble is doing. And, um, uh, and all the exciting games they got coming up as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So thank, you, uh, thank you for your time. Right. So mo- mo- and, and we still have uh, quite, a, quite a few companies yeah. to to, uh, to discuss. Um, so Dutch Pimble. Let's get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now so, the, the, the biggest news from Dutch Pimble, of course, is that my big Lebowski <laughs> game is finally boxed up and ready to be picked up, which I will do later this week. Fantastic! Congratulations. I hope it's uh, worth the wait. And uh, I hope so too. And you, yeah, and you'll uh, you'll be able to enjoy it either at home or uh, on location. Yeah. So now. Um, uh, we already mentioned the Dutch Pinball Open Expo, uh, which was held last month uh, near Eindhoven uh, in the Netherlands. Um, Dutch Pinball had three Big Lebowski games uh, set up at the uh, at the show. Um, they also held a after party on yes. the Saturday evening. Now this is. Where it becomes interesting and where <laughs> rumors start yes. and speculation starts, yes. Yeah. So, what was so special about this? Uh, what, Martin, what was so special about this after party? Well, the after party uh, was um, it was um, an event where there were there were drinks and there was music playing and people could mingle and it was, it was kind of the bit after the show closed. Uh, from uh, 10 o'clock at, uh, in the evening until 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no and, pinball uh, games presence uh, no uh, pinball in, games, in, no. No, in that area. Not at, no, not there, there, at was, there, there was a free prize draw for everybody who, who was there who could win uh, um, the Big Lebowski play fields or uh, toys from the game or rugs, that kind of stuff. But... Um, I uh, guess the bit you're uh, referring to was uh, was the DJ. It was uh, Jules Reavers, who's a Dutch pinball sound guy, mm-hmm. and he was he was uh, hitting the decks, and uh, he was also wearing a T-shirt, which uh, 
you may choose to read something into or you may not but it uh, was basically for yeah, the band Huey Lewis and the News and um, there was a um, somebody who was reading things into that might suggest that that could be a hint at a potential Back to the Future game from the company, given that Huey Lewis um, and the news are on the soundtrack of Back to the Future, or at least uh, a couple of the films. Yeah, uh, two with, tracks, um, at least. Yeah, Back in Time and Power of Love, I think, are those, yeah. uh, those tracks. Um, alternatively, you could also pick up something from the fact that uh, Jules was playing a lot of daft punk music. Apparently, um, at Barry's request. Yeah. So we don't know whether that's a potential. Well, that, that's that's not the only Daft Punk reference. As, it's not. Uh, no, uh, Gus Finkers, who is a mechanical engineer. It's easy for you for, to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mechanical engineer at uh, Dutch Pinball and a, a, a very close friend of Barry. Um, heavily involved, of course, in in uh, the mechanical design of. Uh, uh, the Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and working on uh, the upcoming uh, title for uh, a Dutch Pinball, um, he was wearing a Daft Punk sweater as well mm-hmm. on the Saturday of uh, of the show. So uh, the, I, I found it quite coincidental <laughs> that Gus was wearing a Daft Punk sweater and Jules was playing quite a lot of Daft Punk music in his DJ set. So make of that what you want, speculate away. And <laughs> how great would it be? Oh well, you can mm. fill in the anyway. dots, I suppose. So, um, and of course, Elsewhere. <laughs> of course, this could also just be Dutch pinball teasing and playing yeah. around and, and playing trying games. to yeah. playing games with you. Um, trying to stir up some speculation or maybe get your attention off a certain theme and speculating on another one. Um, we don't know. We're just observing and reporting. Right. Okay. So, anyways, let's get back to the facts, then, rather yeah. than speculation, because well, the, uh, they've been posting... Facts. <laughs> the facts well, were... yeah, well, what they mean is, uh, is speculation. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. but Dutch Pinball have been posting on Facebook as well. Yes. And, and uh, basically... What, what have they, they been saying? Well, uh, I actually had to call Barry to, to ask what the first sentence of what they were... What that post was saying actually meant because it says like Dutch Pinball is actively developing forward-looking plans set to come to completion in 24 and 25, and I read that wrong and I was like, is Dutch Pinball completion coming to completion in 24 or 25? <laughs> Are they stopping? No, <laughs> no. Um, but basically, this was a sort of announcement that uh, chances are that the production of the Big Lebowski pinball may come to an end in 2024. Okay. And basically, it's not not yet a final call for if you want to order one, but they do want to inventorize or, or get an idea of how many are they still looking forward to make right. and, and, yes. and schedule their schedules so that they know when they can start on production of their other game, their new game. 
Right, so they are strongly recommending that you uh, contact your distributor to order your t- uh, the Big Lebowski if you want one. Yeah, and, so uh, also, don't, don't delay. Right, it probably also means that they still have uh, an extension to produce the game throughout 2024, but they're not likely to renew it. I think that's basically what it's going to, it's going to say. They want to move on anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've been <coughs> producing well, the game for, for, for nine years now. Yeah, well, once they fulfilled all the uh, the Achiever orders, then uh, that's, that would be a, a very good time to uh, to move forward into their next title, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, and, uh, well, we just gave you a couple of hints of what that could be. Hmm. Could be. Right, yeah. So yeah. now, um, <laughs> more also related to the Big Lebowski pinball um, is that the Electric Playground, uh, who you might know as... Uh, uh, production company for aftermarket toppers for uh, uh, Twilight Zone and Godzilla um, announced a topper for the Big Lebowski as well. Mm. Uh, this topper will be limited to uh, 100 individual numbered units which contain 120 plus LEDs, all externally powered. So not so, powered by the game. Right? No, exactly. Um, 15 printed cast acrylic panels that feature original artwork by Rob Jordan and a uh, 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 B-O-W-L spelling bowl intermittent light show simulating the classic look and feel of Route 66 bowling alley marquees. Hmm. Um, okay. Interestingly enough, the topper doesn't indicate the big Legowski, the Bowski anyway, so you could also put it on top of a, a, a different bowling game. I suppose, um, although its color scheme is kind of influence on on, uh, on on the game. Yeah, um, but yeah. but also it includes ten interactive lights that correspond to the the bowling ball inserts and character inserts from the playfield of the Big Lebowski. So yes. it, it it does hook into the game, but you can also uh, have it as a, a standalone, non-interactive um, piece of wall art. As well, so you can buy it. Although there are only going to be a hundred of them, it almost seems a shame to not put it on the, on the uh, the game. But if if you that's what you want, you can put it on the wall, or or you can mount it on the game and then tie it into the the playfield inserts. So which which corresponds to lighting up the letters on the uh, on the topper and right. and uh, and the characters. So now the um, uh, the 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 interactive. Uh, version of the topper is priced at uh, 1,179 US dollars, that is, yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the wall art version is uh, priced at 779. So $400 less. Yes, and they had a a Cyber Monday discount where there was I think $100 off or something like that. But Cyber Monday has already gone, so who cares? Anyway, <laughs> shipping of this topper begins February 2024 and is expected to be finished by May 2024. And uh, if you're interested in a topper for the Big Lebowski, I think it's only fair to mention that there is also a flat plastic weed topper, which is produced by Laserific. <laughs> um, and if I'm not mistaken, the Art of Pinball, who is an official partner of Dutch Pinball in regards mm-hmm. to um, uh, doing aftermarket mods, is expected to also produce, I suppose, the official 
top of for the Big Lebowski, but uh, that hasn't been revealed yet. So um, yeah, so the, the electric playground um, and uh, Laserific are are first. So they're hoping to get the the early orders in, and uh, only a hundred of the electric playground ones available anyway. Right. So okay. uh, I think those are probably set out fairly quickly. You know, eleven hundred and seventy nine dollars. Right, so still ridiculous money for a topper, but... Okay. It's still cheaper than a, than a Black Knight sort of rage one. Um, th- uh, no argument there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so sticking with uh, uh, pinball companies from Europe, um, Pinball mm. Brothers from uh, Sweden, manufactured in Italy, um, have started shipping the Ellen Ripley version of Alien. And uh, I think the first units left... The factory by the end of last week, and um, uh, they also announced a new backlash for Alien with the character Ellen Ripley uh, pictured on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and um, uh, customers who order the game this year, 2023, will receive both versions of the Ripley translate. So at Expo, they showcased one version, uh, and now there's a second version. Uh, And if you order the game uh, through one of their uh, distributors, um, first of all, it's on a a special offer, seven nine nine five. Wow, that's almost the price of a topper. (laughs) (laughs) It almost is, yes. Um, And um, uh, that gives you uh, uh, the game, and uh, with an uh, extra uh, back loss. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, uh, uh, I'm not completely sure, but I think the left side of the cabinet art now also features Alan Ripley, both on the cabinet art and the back box uh, decals. So um, I did Yes, think I think I, that's right. I, I, um, when I saw the game at Pinball Expo, I don't think I spotted Alan Ripley in that artwork, so that artwork changed. So, yes, and, uh, it was yeah. uh, it, it was pending approval. Everything that was pending approval at, at Expo, so right. it makes sense. Yes. So now, and uh, as accurate are, as we are tonight <laughs> at uh, well seven p.m., which is already well, we're nearly there in, the, in 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 the United States. But then again, before this is published, it's already long gone. Yeah. Um, a new uh, four point code for the uh, uh, Ripley uh, version of the game will mm-hmm. be premiering at the Wild Dog Arcade, which is also a, a Twitch channel, so I suppose uh, it will be premiering and you can uh, watch a stream uh, when it's being uh, premiered, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, it'll, yeah. It'll, it'll be available to watch back, yeah. Yes, and uh, uh, a downloadable version of that update for others to update, update their games will be available soon. And how soon that is, I don't know, but I suppose it could be later this week or early next week, something like that. So. Hmm, oh, that's good. Good to see... Uh um, Pinball Brothers supporting the uh, the game and uh, and and previous buyers of the game right. as well with new code. So right. uh, I think that's about it for Pinball Brothers. So we yeah. we should probably yeah, move on. I don't think there was any news from Predretti, so we can cross that off right away. Well, but, you say that, but oh. uh, <laughs> there, there is some news from Predretti actually. Oh. 
that's, yeah. that's well, nice bridge there. It, it also harks back to something we were talking about earlier because they have started selling toppers. Yes, that's right. Illuminated toppers. And they now have ones for, for Williams Bally games, actually. Uh, Scared Stiff, Twilight Zone, and Theatre of Magic. And they, they are much. I think they Did already they? had those. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I haven't seen Old those. Old news, Martin. Oh, okay. Well, if you don't want to spend over a thousand dollars on a topper, then you can get them for a very reasonable, one hundred and seventy-five to two hundred and twenty euros through Padreshi Gaming. And of course, you can also get the topper there for the for their uh, Funhouse two point zero kit, Rudy's Nightmare, which is uh, more in. Uh, detailed and uh, and sculpted and that's 420 euros plus that if you want to get that and they also sell a whole range of uh, mods and add-ons for for funhouse twilight zone adams family anyway all that stuff on uh, pinballremakes.com site which is uh, where patricia gaming live. right okay well thank you for uh, for for, for that update I, uh, yeah that old news yeah <laughs> Okay, now we just mentioned a uh, uh, the Houston uh, Pinball uh, Expo, uh, which uh, took place last month, um, which brings me to Turner Pinball, who is uh, actually a Texas-based uh, pinball company. So what can you tell us mm. me about uh, their presence at the show? Well, surprisingly, no, I didn't. Um, I think after the... Uh, their appearance at Pinball Expo in Chicago, they're uh, taking a little uh, breather and uh, re-evaluating some of their ideas, and um, with their uh, Ninja Eclipse game, and uh, weren't ready to show anything new at uh, the Houston show. Okay. But uh, we, I think it's fair to say we'll see them in uh, Texas um, for the Texas Pinball Festival uh, in March of next year. Right. So, well, okay. they should be back with. Um, well, hopefully, then you'll be able to see the uh, the 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 full size cabinet for their game and uh, see what changes they've made to uh, the Ninja Eclipse game in the right. uh, in the intervening uh, what um, uh, six months, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, um, moving on to, I suppose, uh, pinball adventures in Canada. Yeah, not much news there from them. Um, after after Expo, they posted a, a video on uh, Instagram thanking everyone for their comments and ideas, saying they had a lot of work to do to get the game released, which uh, the game in question being Elements, um, which we thought was about to be released, but uh, it seems like they're going to have uh, a rethink about some of the aspects of it, re-design re, uh, uh, re some of the shots, and... Um, I guess uh, also increase the reliability of the game because, as, as you mentioned, um, it seemed to be seemed to have people working on it quite a lot of the time at uh, Pinball Expo. Yeah, worst launch ever. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I, you're not you're not alone in saying that. Um, I, I got to play the game and I enjoyed it and it didn't break down on me. But uh, that I guess I was just lucky and that was uh, after it had been uh, made, made bulletproof. But um, so I don't think we're going to be seeing um, elements uh, for sale. Just yet, although it, of course it can always go on sale even before it's ready to be manufactured. Because that's uh, that's how people seem to work I, these days. I, I think they even already opened up uh, pre-orders for the game. But um, well, I'm not going to advise anybody <laughs> on on whether they should or not. So uh, all I would say is 
play the game first, and that goes for every game. Absolutely so, right, yeah. So. Um, so, talking about future games and future releases, um, let's move to, to Spooky. Yeah. Um, or, uh, and, and what they've been doing. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, uh, Spooky started uh, teasing the uh, their upcoming next titles, uh, uh, the one after Scooby-Doo, um, by sending out unrecognizable playfield parts or wooden parts, uh, basically plywood uh, cut into a certain shape with uh, cutouts, uh, to various US-based uh, pinball media. And uh, they could speculate whatever they wanted on what we got, what they what they got from Spooky. Um, uh, what what I did notice is from uh, the various reports is that the um, the boxes that these wooden parts shipped in were almost twice the size, or or, or really gigantic boxes for basically what was inside of them. <laughs> um, maybe that's a clue. I have no idea, um, but I think I, I, I've seen photos of something that could have been a backboard um, with some 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 cutout uh, cutouts in it. Basically, um, there's really no telling in in no. what it's what it's doing on the playfield or or whether it's a mini playfield or what it's supposed to be or which part of the game it is. So. Well, I guess Spooky is having a bit of fun, and uh, uh, we'll find out more about what they're actually going to be making uh, in due course. And when they, when we've actually got something solid to bring in, we well, will. The, the, well, of course, uh, Scooby Doo is nearing completion, um, so it's only logical that that Spooky is getting ready to take their next game into production and and and, and create a little buzz about it. Hmm. Yes, okay, I'm not sure we should necessarily be playing into that, but uh, hey, uh, if they're having fun, good luck to them. So moving on to a company which is actually announcing a game, or at least uh, having a game announced on their behalf, is uh, Multimorphic, who are going back down to uh, to Texas again. And um, they have have announced a a third-party game, their ninth third-party game release for the P3 pinball platform and the the 20th P3 game overall. And this one is from a a new company, uh, Ian Harrower Games, who I haven't heard of before. No, it's their first game, uh, I think. Yeah, and they've uh, they've announced their their very first title for a game called Birdwatcher. Now, uh, it's, uh, they say it delivers um, yes, another fun and unique pinball gaming experience. And uh, it's available to purchase right now in the uh, Multimorphic web store. Yeah. Uh, not and it, not and exactly it, what the it, cost of it is. but uh, uh, Don't know either. It works with all uh, P3 Playfield modules. And I've seen a short video. Basically, um, the, 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 the big LCD on the Playfield is uh, basically displaying birds flying by and you need to sort of hit them with your uh, uh, pinball um, to make photos of them. Right, so, okay. So, so as soon as you, as the ball goes over the bird on the, the, which is flying on the, on the, on the play field, mm-hmm. uh, then, then photos are taken and uh, you're collecting these. That, that's my take on how I think the game works. So... Uh, doesn't sound very complex, but it could be a very nice and easy game for 
uh, kids, I suppose, to get into pinball. So, yeah, I can tell you it costs one hundred and forty nine dollars if you want to buy what? it through the Multimorphic website, um, which is well tenth of a topper, you know. So, not bad. Um, and the interesting thing about this game is, uh, whereas most of the most of the other games, if I think nearly all the other Multimorphic uh, software games require a specific uh, playfield module to be installed in order to play it. This this seems to work with just about every playfield module that's available. And uh, and it, it plays differently depending on which one you have installed, which oh. is a really nice idea. Okay. So, uh, so it doesn't force you to go and buy a, a new playfield module if you want to play this. Uh, so pretty much, well, if you, if you have a P3, uh, this game will work on it. Which is right. really nice. Okay. Yeah. So now, um, uh, Multimorphic also posted on the first uh, of December on uh, on their social media that uh, the P3 pinball platform uh, now carries twenty different games. Uh, that's twenty unique and immersive gameplay experiences on one pinball machine, including seven fully swappable game kits and thirteen software add-on games. Um, and since they started in 2017, that's 20 games released in just six years, which is actually quite impressive, I think. Yeah, three a year, three, yeah, just over three a year. So, uh, well done to them and the third party developers as well who've uh, who produced games who embraced the platform. Yeah, so and of course a multimorphic update wouldn't be complete with a uh, without a, uh, a code update and uh, in this case it's a huge software update for Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity. And uh, basically we're talking about app version 1.5 and module driver version 1.3. Now you wonder what do I get with that? Well you get yes, it's huge uh, huge mode enhancements, squashed bugs, accessibility improvements, quality of life refinements. Wow, that's impressive. Your quality of life goes up. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Some some meaner rules. Also some nicer rules and ah. some delicious Bologna flavor. Wow, all in the software update. Yes, yeah, exactly. you know, it, it is huge. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, if you happen to, uh, to, to have a uh, Weird Al game, then uh, make sure to download mm-hmm. the latest code for, uh, for all the above-mentioned uh, improvements of the game. Yeah, especially the quality of life and the Bologna. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so moving on to other companies then. Uh, Cardona Pinball is the next one on our, on our list of, uh, of features. And uh, no actual news from them directly. You might remember Cardona are the, are the company that make uh, kits, 2.0 kits for No Good Gophers and for Black Rose. Well, I'm pleased to report I've got a Black Rose Skull and Bones kit which um, I took to a, a friend, and we had it uh, installed in their game. And uh, I've documented it. Um, surprisingly, it took two hours to do the complete install, which involves taking out a lot of the boards, putting in a whole new board, swapping the back box bo- uh, light board, um, and also putting in power supplies and uh, running, uh, uh, changing the speakers over. And uh, so we did all that in two hours and turned it on, and it worked. 
much to uh, my surprise, I was kind of expecting there would be some issues that would stop it working. But no, uh, after two hours, uh, turned it on, booted up, and we were all playing games on it for the, for the next couple of hours as well. Okay. So without so, any issues. So, okay. but uh, there will be more, a lot more of that coming in the Pinball News Review, which I am in the, the midst of writing at the moment to, uh, to give you details of, uh, of the processes involved. So how did you like the game uh, with, with the new go- code? Oh, well, I didn't get that much time to play it, um, to be honest, because we were all, all taking turns. And uh, But it, uh, it's certainly a new way of playing the game. Uh, I have a lot of opinions about uh, the graphics, and um, but what I've, what I've done is I've left it with the owner um, so they can get used to it. They can, they can tr- play it pretty much nonstop over the next couple of weeks, and then I can go, go back to them and get their take on how the game plays, rather than okay. me just having a very short um, opinion of it. So, uh, anyway, you'll read all about that in due course. Right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, so, moving back to the... Uh, uh, oh, well, we're still in the US, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Chicago Gaming. Uh, of course, everybody's waiting for Pulp Fiction to start shipping. And yes. according to Josh Sharp... Um, who is the uh, CFO at uh, Play Mechanics, who developed a game in collaboration with uh, Chicago Gaming. Um, Chicago Gaming started building sub-assemblies for Pulp Fiction, and production and shipping of the games should start before the end of December 2023. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have a game on order that you get it immediately at your doorstep, but at least it's there's finally... Um, well, a timeline, so to speak, uh, yes. when the first games will go into production. And well, uh, well, it was suggested before it wouldn't be until the, uh, at least the end of the first quarter of 2024. So if they're starting the end of 2023, that's, uh, that's an improvement. So uh, yeah. good news there. Yeah, that's the only news I got from Chicago. Yeah. So, well, oh, well. At least it's it good can news. Be, it, it's good news and, and short. Yep. So, yeah, no complaints here. Right, so let's, let's go international then and head over to France um, for what's been going on with Hexapinball uh, and, and, their, and their game. Right, well, um, so if, as you may recall, uh, they have announced uh, a game called Space Hunt, which is an mm-hmm. original theme, uh, and they have been taking that to various uh, French pinball shows. Um, they recently, well, last month, Posted a two-hour, fourteen-minute gameplay tutorial video on uh, on YouTube, in which Ooh. they basically play the game and explain how it should be played. And What's that, deep is, rules. Yeah, and the, the, this video is uh, partly in French, partly in English. So, if you want to um, uh, improve your French, <laughs> this this is your uh, opportunity, I suppose. Um, They also posted on Facebook a photo of the game and the box they will be using to ship the games in. Which is, uh, well, now you know what what, what mm-hmm. the box looks like. So, yeah, but, one, but, one turns up on your doorstep. Yeah, so anyway, um, it shows that they are uh, preparing themselves for uh, mass production of the game, which is a good sign. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, need to get the game out there. Um and the fact that they've they've 
still working on the software, I think, or at least they've got a, a, a comprehensive set of rules in the game, is, is good news as well. Okay, so moving on to, uh, let's go around the globe and head over to Taiwan. Well, in fact, we're not heading over to Taiwan, really, but we're talking about the Taiwanese company Homepin, Right. Because uh, I did see um, that uh, in a Facebook post that their This Is Spinal Tap game is now available to play at Caesar's Fun Palace in Great Yarmouth in England. Yes, uh, of all places. So we haven't seen uh, haven't seen that game out and about very much. We've seen it at the uh, Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. Yes. But um, I'm guessing that the one that's at Caesar's Fun Palace in Great Yarmouth is the one that was at uh, the UK Pin Fest show, which was uh, held at the end of August and was thrown over, especially for that. So uh, it's good to see uh, it's out there. So if you wanted to play that game, that's the place uh, in the UK, at least, or in England, to uh, to go and visit. Um, I'm sure they have plenty of other games there. And Great Yarmouth's Great always a nice place to visit anyway. So... Uh, um, that's all the news really have from Homepin. There's no other no other uh, update to bring you from them. Okay. Well, speaking on that subject of <laughs> no updates, um, there's quite a few companies that that didn't report any news uh, that we are aware of, and uh, we'll, we'll just do this quickly. Mm. Uh, these companies include Haggis Pinball from Australia, uh, Bitronic from Spain, uh, Quetzal Pinball from Spain, and uh, Circus Maximus, of course, uh, which I think we already discussed what happened. And, um, well, we just have to see whether that company will rise like mm. a phoenix mm. or whether it's dead in the water, uh, as yeah. other people have said it is. Mm. Well, they, they seem to insist, the people in, behind it seem to insist it's not dead, but... Uh yeah, nothing happens, but we'll, we'll see, as you say. So, no, no news from those companies. Also, no news from a project that we we reported on previously, yes. which was the uh, the Princess Bride pinball. They uh, put out a, a put up a website, I should say, inviting people to register for details uh, to be sent to them. Uh, haven't received any details from them, and the website looks the same as it as it did last time we mentioned it. So, it looks like there's no news to announce there yet uh, when there is we will bring it to you if it's not a prank after all so, oh, well, but, could be yeah yeah so okay then of course well we mentioned it already a couple of times there was the dutch pinball open expo and uh what i didn't mention is that martin you wrote a very in-depth report on the event Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, it's a very interesting venue where it was where it was held, uh, which is a sort of a, a conference centre, but much more than that. It's a huge place. I think everybody who went there was was amazed by just how large the the whole complex is and how labyrinthine um, it, it is. Uh, I actually managed to get lost at one point trying to find my own room, uh, which was a bit embarrassing. But I was I was certainly not alone in that. I was con- uh, only walked down the corridor and you'd be accosted by people saying, can you tell me which way to get to the show? Is this way to reception or uh, where are the rooms? And um, Because there are so many different 
corridors and blocks that all look the same. Uh, they end up colour coding it. Uh, you need to know the colour coding principle because they colour coded the carpets and some of the lights that go over that uh, are in arches of, of, over the corridors. And once you work that out, it becomes a lot easier. But uh, it's a great place anyway, and I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they end up going back there um, either next year or for future years. Uh, great selection of games, I have to say. Great selection of people. Yeah. Um, some nice uh, parties, including the after party from Dutch Pinball that we mentioned earlier. Uh, loads of tournaments being held there. Um, f- lots of food and drink, and nice to have all that in the actual hall itself. So if you wanted to stop and just have a drink or, gr- or grab a, a sandwich or a hot meal, um, you didn't even need to leave the hall. You just wander over to one of the uh, to the uh, serving area and pick up your food and pay for it and go and sit right down in the hall. Um, so that was really very nice. Um, obviously, there was our, our uh, So You Think You Know Pinball quiz, which was, uh, as you said, as a big success, I think. And, yeah, um, the screening the, of the Roger Sharp movie. Yeah, the screening of the Roger Sharp movie, some seminars as well. For, uh, Barry uh, did uh, Barry Dreesen did, did one about um, Dutch pinball. There was also one about uh, development of a custom game. Um, there might have been another one, which I'm forgetting at the moment, but um, in which case, apologies. And um, all in all, I think a, a, an excellent two days. I was there for uh, about four days in total because I got to visit the, the Glow Eindhoven um, annual dis- festival. Uh, yeah, annual festival of light in the city, which is always worth visiting. Uh, I, I was last time the DPO was in. Um, DPO Expo was held in Eindhoven, I think it was 2017. Uh, just caught a glimpse of, of it um, during one of the uh, brief breaks from the show, but uh, didn't get a proper look. But this time it, I made a special effort to do it, and it's certainly worthwhile doing it. So I think Eindhoven's a great place to hold that, particularly if the Glow Eindhoven event is being held at the same time. Right. So uh, I think that's, that's my wrap-up of uh, DPO Expo. Thanks to everybody who uh, worked so hard to make it happen and uh, looking forward to uh, to going back again as soon as possible. Yeah, no, it was a stellar event, a great location, and uh, compliments to uh, uh, Marcel Kessel and uh, and his uh, team on, on organizing uh, this edition of the uh, event and uh, well like you mentioned this is this looks like a location that certainly could be hosting the event again mm, I, I really hope so because it's uh, it's got a lot going for it and uh, anyway so, that's enough about, enough about that let's move yeah. on to other news yeah, sure. Um, Cineplex from Canada announced that it's selling its huge Player One amusement group of arcade and pinball distribution businesses uh, for um, 155 million uh, Canadian dollars, I suppose. Um, not even sure it could be U.S. dollars, but uh, quite a, quite a big uh, uh, amount. But mm. it's also it's quite a big business. Um, was purchased by an investment company called uh, Open Gate Capital. Um, part of the deal is that uh, Player One will continue to supply games to Cineplex, Rec Room, and Junction location. Um, description of Player One says it has amassed 37,000 pieces of equipment serving 3,800 locations, uh, I assume all in Canada. 
And uh, the website also says it has 19 offices and about 500 employees. So it's not exactly a small company. Uh, then again, Canada is a big country. Uh, you can't do service from one office uh, um, if you have to service the games all over uh, the country. Mm, yes, that's right. Regional so, offices. Yeah. So, so uh, I see you did your little uh, uh, research as well. You came up with some different numbers. Yeah, I was just uh, just reading the the press release from that uh, uh, they actually put out that said uh, Player One Amusement Group currently serves around two thousand four hundred customer locations. Uh, manages more than 20,000 assets across North America. Okay, so okay. it's not just Canada. I no, suppose. guess not, no. Mm -hmm. no. Okay, anyway, um, I suppose uh, somebody's uh, very happy with with a deal like that <laughs> and, and, and striking up their Christmas bonus. Um, but, uh, oh well, um, it's a big company, and uh, well, they operate pinball as well. So uh, we figured, or I figured, I'd, I'd at least mention it. And uh, hopefully, mm -hmm. in Canada, uh, nothing will change, and you can keep playing your pinball on these locations. Well, this is the uh, pinball industry news um, cast, so uh, that's pinball industry. So it's certainly relevant um, now. This is <laughs> next bit of final bit of news, I suppose. It's not actually uh, pinball industry because uh, they don't exist anymore. But uh, we're talking about the Deep Root ongoing uh, case from by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, well, against the company that tried to become part of the pinball industry. Yes, well, briefly they were. They were spending money anyway. Yeah. They didn't actually manufacture any games, but uh, yeah, SEC versus Robert Mueller. Um, there was a a move um, from the SEC a while ago to try to get a summary judgment. I mean, didn't have to go to didn't have to go to trial. Um, there's been no publication of a decision by the judge in the case as to whether they granted the summary judgment or not. Kind of have to assume that means that they didn't, or uh, all the all the trial preparations that are going on in the in the uh, meantime would be for nothing. But um, we haven't seen anything written down that says that uh, yes or no to a summary judgment. In the meantime, lots of preparations going on for a, uh, a trial, but no date set for that. It was originally thought it was going to be in December this month, but uh, uh, court diaries suggest uh, there's nothing in the diary uh, for this case at the moment. And it's looking like it's going to be about, uh, I think it's scheduled for like 10 days of hearings. So it's uh, probably not that easy to find a, a slot that long to uh, to put, put the case into in court. But uh, as soon as we know any more about when it's going to take place or when it's scheduled to take place, of course, these things get knocked back all the time due to various arguments and uh, and uh, changes and uh, in circumstance. We will let you know what the, what the current situation is. Right, okay. And that rounds it up for um, our pincast of uh, the recap of November 2023. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. And, uh, well, uh, many thanks to David Fix for coming on and uh, telling us all about what's going on at American Pinball. Yes, and also I'd like to just thank all those people that we've met at various pinball shows over the past couple of months who have been so kind about about listening to this pincast and uh, saying how much they enjoy it. So thank you very much to them. Uh, we will be back at the start of January 2024. Oh, it seems a long way away, but it's not. Uh, we'll be back then with our, uh, our next pincast, looking back at all the events in the pinball world 
through the final months of uh, 2023, this, uh, this with, month of December. With possibly a new Stern Cornerstone game. Oh, could well happen, yeah. So, uh, until then, we we both wish you a wonderful Christmas, a uh, new year. Is it already Christmas time? Oh, it's always Christmas. Can you not hear the sleigh bells? Thankfully, no. <laughs> oh, OK. But, well, around here it's starting to look a lot like Christmas. We've got Christmas trees up. Anyway, we wish you a wonderful time. Uh, Christmas, New Year, holiday season, whatever you're celebrating, however you're marking the end of the calendar year. We hope it's a, a magical and relaxing time, no matter what you have planned. And uh, we will, and we are looking forward to seeing you bright and early in uh, 2024 for uh, our look back at the month of December. Right. So uh, until then, I'm saying uh, thank you and goodbye. And uh, from me too, uh, have a lovely time, and we'll see you next year. Thanks. Bye. Bye.